Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Thursday, January 11th, we're back. National Milk Day. I don't want to bury the lead. If there's a milk guy out there as a kid, I know it was Tony because he's got big bones and a very muscular frame. I love me some milk. I love me some good old chocolate milk. It has to be chocolate, though. <laughs> Let's be honest. Chocolate milk is superior to regular milk. Can we all agree on that? Yeah, but why like, yeah. Like, wow. Why don't you get down with regular, though? Uh, like you can't drink as much as of it at, at once, and it's not really good for you, right? Isn't it kind of bad for you? But cho- what about chocolate, though? Isn't chocolate like, milk worse for you? Wouldn't it, it? That's what I'm saying. I think it is. Well, it's because it's just milk with like more, sh- like ch- just well, chocolate, right? If I know a milk guy, it's the first yeah. time I've ever been to Owen's house, and you show up and you open the door, and there's six jugs of milk, all f- like all of them still have milk in them. Six jugs for sure in there. <laughs> We used to be a milk family. We're not really much of a milk family anymore. Like last maybe three, four years, we phased it out. A but you bit. were just a milk, like I'd say a milk family is like, Phil is kind of a milk family. Like they have dinner and they drink milk with their dinner. That's what I consider. What? Like, your family is just like, <laughs> in, it's a whole different like playing field. Yeah. yeah. Well, you you, milk. I wouldn't say we drank it like outside of breakfast. My dad was the only one who would drink milk at dinner and stuff. Um, but yeah, we used to drink, I don't know, like a four, a four gallon, like a, a gallon or four liter, uh, a day pretty much. But yeah, now it's like nothing like that. Like maybe we drink four liters in a week. Hmm. Bill, do you actually drink, uh, milk with your dinner? When I was a kid for sure. But in the last few years, I, I've developed some sort of lactose adjacent type oh, of situation brother. yeah yeah like my i was always a pop kid growing up and then i show up to phil's house in grade seven <laughs> for dinner and his parents are like well we got water or we got milk and i'm like heat and then they all just drink milk and it was just so heat yeah it was definitely a milk situation as a kid it, alex is strangely quiet during this discussion to be a big uh, milk guy too um especially during my water polo career just because you need to get that protein in after practice and stuff so um but i mean i was actually like super like i was always like super like tired and stuff during like my junior high years which was when i was like going to water polo too and stuff but milk and all that calcium can actually inhibit your um the amount of iron um intake you have thus affecting your red blood cells and the amount um and then it's a whole chain of things Hmm. so if you're ever curious as to like why your energy levels are dipping, it could be because you're drinking too much milk. Just thought I'd pass that along. Just because I was always so like, yeah, tired and stuff as a kid. And, I was, and I'd be cranking like a four liter jug in like two, three days. Yeah. It was heat. Well, this would, yeah. having known Owen in high school, this would actually explain a lot of things. You know, sometimes he would get pretty tired pretty quickly. <laughs> so this would fill in some gaps if this is true. Yeah, yeah, I used to I used to probably do a four liter every other day. Like during high school too, when I was, um, you know, trying to gain weight, I do uh, I try and do one every day. That although I don't know if I did that often, but then I was out of the country for a little bit in Guatemala, and the the milk they have there is, they like I don't know what sort of pasteurization process they use because it's like, you know, they 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 box it, but like at room temperature, like it's never refrigerated. Oh. 
and it tasted just disgusting. And so I had that. And then once I uh, came back to Canada, I just never just sort of lost the taste, never really drank it again. Yeah. Well, I, I would lose the taste too. That sounds disgusting. It was vile. Yeah. Pretty low, low. But uh, let's not bury the lead. Tony's here for the first time in a while. Also, this is a double feature because at the back end of this episode, the pre-recorded from the weekend rig portion will be on this show. So I'm going to put the time. I'm excited stamp. to hear that. I'm yeah. so excited. <laughs> I think a lot this of This is a loaded are. episode. Like, it is. Yeah, holy some cow. fun stuff in here. It's a double feature. No other way like to say load. it. You know when you used to go to the store and get those DVDs and they would have two movies in them? You remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. that's what we got here. <laughs> that is yeah. what we got here. So if you want to skip to rig, which I don't know why you would, but if you do want to, it's going to be in the first line of the description. Anyway let's we're going to do the picks first and then we can talk about the openings later and i i don't want to waste any time let's just get right into the lions game i know it's out of order but tony's here first home lions playoff game in 30 years i saw the nfc north championship banner you're favored by three and a half points and i'm just going to tell you i think a lot of people here are already leaning towards the Rams. so what can you do to swing us back in your detroit direction so one thing for sure is after this, I hope we can all agree that the Lions will win because I have a lot of great points that I think will help uh, help the Lions Good. case. Um, so this game's, pr with without a doubt, I'd say probably the hardest game to pick of the weekend um, yep. that's coming up. It's it's definitely going to be the closest, I'd say. Um, <laughs> so where, where, do, where do we even start? Do we start with Dan Campbell? Sure. Because I think, I think he's, he's, he's what leads the team. And... Yeah. Putting him on this spot, a night game. How, how do you say it? Prime time. Prime time. Prime prime time. time. Dan Campbell in prime time is him. Is him. <laughs> he no, I'm not he 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 brings out all the tricks of the book in prime time and it seems like he just elevates the team and at that moment. It it seems like he's most comfortable in those situations when all the lights are on him, everything every everyone's watching him. That's that's when he excels. So that's the first thing. Um, next, it's a home game. Lions at home. Are we really gonna bet against the Lions at home, guys? This nope. season, no. Nope. Jared Goff at home. I don't think so. I I don't think you can bet against Jared Goff at home. Next, we rested Jamo last week. Jamo. I think Jamo's gonna have a big, big <laughs> game. I'm calling it right now. I think Jamo's gonna have a big game. I think we rested him for a reason. We don't just rest rookies he's pretty much a rookie i'm still gonna call him a rookie but we don't just rest rookies a week before a big game like that like i think we should have arrested sam laporta but he wanted to make a statement like look like all the guys are here to play ready to go yeah um that's a big loss he's not gonna play this game they said and i know i mean they said he had an outside chance i'd say he's not gonna play i know I that hurts so. you yeah uh but let me say one point onto that is that when we drew when we traded away um uh, who was our last titan what was that bum He's on the Vikings. Oh, DJ Hawkinson. Once we traded him, how did we do? We did better without him. We had who was our tight end one? I don't even remember that guy's name because he was didn't matter. And I'm telling you guys this right now. If if um if we were able to go eight and two when Hawkinson left, and if we don't have Laporte and we just throw someone else in, I believe Ben Johnson can make it work no matter what. So I don't think Sam Laporte being out is gonna be the biggest deal. It, it definitely hurts. It's us and it definitely sucks, but I, I believe Ben Johnson will make it work with whatever the tools he has. Let's and everyone's go. everyone's like upset right now. Like everyone on the Lions feels like they like they're not 
being respected enough almost, right? On, only Vegas is respecting them by giving them a three and a half. Wow. But other than that, everyone's leaning on the Rams, and I feel like they have a lot, to, still a lot to prove. This is also the biggest game of the season, without a doubt. This kind of this, I don't want to say it decides Dan Campbell's so. future, but 37 years without a playoff win, and if we don't win this one, oh my God, I don't, I don't even know where to start. I we we might have to rip the whole thing down again and just start over <laughs> if we can't beat the Rams at home. Like I yeah, don't think I mean, it's super shameful to lose to them. Like if you get smacked at home by like two smacked touchdowns, at home, that's yeah. heat. But you're right. If it's like a game winning field goal or something, I don't think. I think they've had a pretty good season. I think it's something they don't need to you know hang their heads about. Well, I have a question. You you brought up you know you made a lot of good points. Uh, you brought up Ben Johnson. You brought up MCDC in prime time. You brought up you know JMO is resting. Uh, Jared Goff at home, but all your points were about the same thing, and that's the offense. offense. Yeah. So I mean, I have some questions here. I mean, you're playing against Matt Stafford. You know, you have a, you have a, you know, some people say you have a jersey. You have a bit of a relationship with him. Um, that's yeah. a pretty good offense on the other side, and your defense it looks heat. Let's be real. Okay, so we can we can talk about the Rams. So the the Rams, I feel like are. A lot like us. I feel like they're um, kind of like a running gun team with like no defense. And Adams wearing probably the worst, ugliest jersey I've ever seen him wear. If for the viewers at home, he's wearing a Rams jersey, by the way. Oh, Stafford, uh, Stafford. So they're a lot like us, right? So they they score a lot. They have really good offense. But let me give you guys the scenario: the Lions' offense against a really bad defense, because that's what the Rams have, really bad defense, against the Rams offense with the Lions really bad defense. It's going to be a shootout. And in shootouts, we don't lose. We, I'm sorry, you have you cannot beat us in a shootout. It's 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 not possible. Our offense is too good. You have to lock us down on defense because we will just keep scoring and scoring on you. And, and eventually, our defense might get a stop or two, right? But I'm not doubting Stafford's ability. Stafford's yeah. St- Stafford's that I've seen, I've seen him carry this terrible team. And I think he's either going to come in there with two, two feelings, two type of vibes. Stafford's going to come in that game with, okay. Two type of mentalities. He's either going to come in and be like, Oh, like it's the lions. My whole, my team before they haven't won a playoff in a while, you know, like they kind of did me nice by taking me to the team I wanted to and stuff. Maybe I won't go so hard on them. Right. <laughs> Or he might just like have all this revenge inside of him where he's like, screw the Lions. I want these guys to lose. After all the misery they put me through, I'm gonna make sh- I'm gonna go there and just light it up. And if and if he comes in with that mentality, he'll keep it close, but he's not he's not beating us. There's there's no chance. Especially like the big thing is at home. Lions at home are just different, I, I feel like. You know, on the road, they're just not the same. But at home, guys, you, you can't miss out. I do feel like the Lions offense is easier to shut down than the Rams offense. I don't know what you guys think about that, but we have seen the Lions offense get shut down pretty easily. Like that Packers game on Thanksgiving was so heat. Yeah. Like they just were like blitzing and golf had a really hard time, um, you know, making plays and, and throws and they couldn't really get anything going with the run game. Um, but, you know, that's something I'd watch out for. But on the other hand, Matthew Stafford has had some heat games at Ford Field, especially in the playoffs. So I don't know, maybe like the Ford Field curse just gets to him. That'd be something that I'd look Good at. Good point. Too. Yeah, exactly. So, Tone, I have a, a few Stafford-related questions for you. First of all, um, do you 
do you think they should uh, play a video for him or do any sort of recognition for God, him? When he, no. when he pulls oh, God, out? come on. Dude, it's <laughs> oh, a they, If any oh, video we're going to do, it's like a staff <laughs> like all of his like interceptions this season type of video. Look what we gave oh, away. Yeah. That's, like that, a that's what it should be. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like an, like Get in his like head a little. Thing, yeah, like they start the video. Yeah, like it's a real video. They started like him like <laughs> like getting drafted and stuff. And then it's just like stone cold music, cut the tape, like just a bunch of interceptions. That'd be <laughs> Sick. Him watching that lady up. fall off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> if let's just say, let's just say this is a little bit in the future. Let's just say the Lions win the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. Let's say. <laughs> would, would this not be the fairest trade in NFL history? Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt, the fairest. Yeah. Like, there's the most. Like, we got trade. what we got. Yeah, the most win-win trade that you could possibly have, which I, which is a shout out to Brad Holmes, because if if we actually end up winning, then it'd be great. It might already be in that territory now. It's got to be up there. Ah, uh, like a Super Bowl to like a playoff. Uh, Even like NFC Championship would be pretty raw. Oh yeah, I think with all the oh, picks yeah. and stuff, it's it's pretty much already an even trade. Like yeah. you you got Gibbs and Laporta and stuff from some of those picks. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah. True, true, true. So. Tone, I know this is like a tough matchup for you. Are you going to be a little bit sort of like, do you want Stafford to kind of do well? Um, no, honestly, no. I because if he does well, it'll it'll kind of be like it'll hurt. And if golf it'll doesn't hurt. look too well, you know what I mean? It'll kind of be like, oh, like did we really want to give away Stafford? Because imagine if Stafford had these pieces around him, this offense around him, you know, with yeah. a run game, we, we actually have a run game when he had no such thing as a run game. It was just throw it to Megatron or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it was just, there was no, no, no type of offense when he was there. So now that we actually have an offense that can like protect, protect golf and stuff. If Stafford has a good game, it might be like, Oh, well he was looking good. Imagine if he was on our team, you know, like I, I want him to just shit the bed that day. <laughs> And and Tone, to, to be fair, Stafford's already, you know, had a good run. I mean, he's at a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now it's your guys' turn. Ex- exactly. Alex. It's only I fair. Like I brought think. that up. I ex- and I think and I think that's why Stafford might come with that mentality where it's like, oh well, I got my ball, you know, like your guys' turn, you know? Yeah. yeah. Tone, do you do you think you can see uh this team winning a Super Bowl with this defense? God no. No, we're not. No, I don't okay. even see us winning a Super Bowl with this quarterback. Yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I'm. I, I'm kind of not a. I, I've said on the pod before. I'll say it again. You know, I'm not a fan of golf. Golf is not a Super Bowl QB. He's great. You know, he's good. But I think Ben Johnson is doing a lot of the heavy lifting for him. Mm. He's making. He's when I when you watch games, guys are wide open. Literally wide. Like anybody can make those throws that he's making, and. I had arguments with people on IG about taking Lamar. Imagine if the Lions had Lamar Jackson. If we just dropped the bag on him, yeah. Do you think do do, do you think it would be better? A hundred percent. Why? Yeah. No, you'd be like <laughs> oh, up there with be this the same. No. Similar. No. No. Because no. Lamar Jackson mean, can rush for like 80 I hate 80. Goff is the same as Lamar. Oh, uh, no, no, no. He's not the same. I'm just saying within this offense, I mean, Goff is playing close to the potential of this offense. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like don't that know. game against the Cowboys, he was like. Well, it's a 17. You can pick out bad games. No, right, that'd be the craziest. Like, I mean, Lamar with an actual number one wide receiver in Amon Ra. And like an actual run game and stuff, and like Lamar just doing the stuff. It would just be our oh. defense. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, but you talk about shootouts with Goff. I mean, what the hell would it be with Lamar Jackson? It'd be insane. You wouldn't even need to like roll roll out a defense at that point. You just score on every drive. So it'd be raw. Set aside Lamar. Lamar is not on our team. Forget about him for now. We got Goff. We'll go in there and we'll just do the work that we've done week in, week out, and that's score on score on people. We I don't know if we'll stop them. We probably won't stop Puka or their run game, you know, because our run the our run defense isn't the best, but. Yeah, we'll, we'll go in there. We'll go in there and make a statement for and sure. Their run game is pretty good. Hey, yeah. So, I mean, if you were to, like, I know you you sound pretty confident. You know, you're people know you. You're a confident guy, but deep down, like, how scared would you say you are right now? Like a six out of ten, I'd say. That's pretty scary. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like a bit scared, but like, it's not like over the top. Like, oh, we're if we were at Rams, oh my god, I don't, I wouldn't even be on this podcast right now if we were at LA. So it's good to it's good to see that we're at home. I only thing that's giving me a lot of hope is that we're at home, and I think um, by what I saw like these past couple of weeks, I think Ben Johnson is, is hiding a couple of plays in his book. Mm. For, this, for the playoffs, I think I think we got a lot cooking right now. Just, oh, yeah. just let us cook, and we'll, we'll we'll come out good. Tony, did you hear? Did you hear Ford Field on on Sunday? It's pretty loud. I, I wasn't there. Well, I mean, on social media, guy, <laughs> you see some oh. clips. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, like it's always loud. Have you thought of going to this game? It's uh, crazy expensive. It's the most expensive yeah, think, playoff ticket. I think it's already sold out. Oh, yeah, that would be. Man, yeah, that would be once in a lifetime. I think it's like getting is like five hundred US. It's easily the most expensive playoff game, so it's hard. I only have I one one more question I want to ask Tone. Um, well, it's kind of a two legged question. First of all, we know you as a as a Matt Stafford fan. You actually showed up to my house in the Target Matt Stafford uniform, and with your notes, this was two years ago when Dan Campbell was just you know a twinkle in your eye. And you were still supporting Stafford back then. So to get him for the first game back, how are you going to feel when you see Stafford come out on the field on Sunday? What kind of emotions are you expecting? And the second part of that question is, I would like a visual picture of where you will be during this game. If you could paint me sort of uh, what your setup will be like at 8.20 on Sunday night. So to go off your first question, how, how will I feel? I'll I'll feel proud. You know what I mean? I, I'm I, he's coming on that field a champion. You know what I mean? He's he's coming on that field, you know, he did what he wanted to do. And and I'm just happy that like it kind of makes the Lions I guess bad. I was going to say good, but I guess it makes him look bad that he went to another <laughs> team and won a champion, but <laughs> But I'll well, just, I'll, I'll just be, yeah, yeah. Like I like I'll, when he comes on, like I'm not gonna like feel anger or sadness. Like I'm not gonna be sad for the guy that he's not on my team. But you know, like it's like, it's like you know, you you you're coming on the field, you're coming as a champion, and you you're gonna try and you're gonna try and beat us, and we won't let you. Unfortunately, we just won't let you beat us. And where am I gonna be on Sunday? It's a good question because. I kind of go day by day on what I do. Um, 
I, I'm I'm hoping I'll be at the cafe to watch the game because they always have the games on like the TVs. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping I'll be here. But if I'm not here, then I'm I'll probably be working and I I'll have to miss the game. But I hope I hope I don't. I hope I don't. I hope you're not. Hey, here. Tony, cut that out. <laughs> like the missing the game, dude. Part. It'll be it'll be streamed in the Discord tone. Yeah, like I'll I'll like I'll, I'll somehow watch it. I'll for sure somehow watch it. Good. Okay. I heard so so you. Uh, this is sort of breaking news, but I, I heard you've. There's a special lady in your life. Um, would you mind telling us a bit about her and and whether or not she's a Lions fan? This is the most um, Owen question. So she so she was actually from Montana. Like oh. she like moved here like a year ago. So she's and she doesn't really watch like any type of sports. Like she's not really a sports girl. She just games a lot. So she mm-hmm. she actually knows nothing about football. She knows a lot about the podcast though. Like I she Let's like listens to the podcast. You yeah. should uh, invite her to watch the game. Maybe she might she, like it. I don't know, man. Like she's just like I don't know how to explain it. Like when you bring up sports in front of girls, they give you like the eye roll, you know, and they're like, <laughs> uh, sure, you know. So I, I'd rather not watch it with her, right? Like, right, because I want to be locked in, unloaded, unloaded, yeah, like the, loaded. But yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing about this is you are out for revenge. Like you don't, you're you're a nice guy. You don't want to say that, but it's gonna be black Converse, black shirt, black pants, oh. Tony on Sunday, and that might yep. not be a side that she wants to see. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm like, I'm actually gonna like, I'll have full emotion to this game. If we, if we, I will be so happy with the season if we just win a playoff game. I'll actually be very happy, you know, because winning a playoff game is like really big in the city, you know, and especially with how our other teams are looking, Pistons. But it'll, <laughs> it'll be good. It'll, it'll, it'll hopefully be good if we win. No, it'll, it'll be good for the it. city. The city, the city needs it. Needs it. Yeah. Needs it. Needs well, it. Well, the Red Wings aren't too bad, right? Aren't they kind of decent? Yeah, but there there are only two sports that people follow here. It feels like it's just basketball and football. Really? Like, like that's what I see advertisements for everywhere. It's just bad basketball and football everywhere. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. I would have thought uh, Detroit was a pretty big hockey city. No, but no. Guess not. Hockey town. Don't they have hockey town? Ta- yeah. Yeah. Hockey town's cap. To- They're capping. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I, I don't I haven't been to Hockey Town. I haven't seen no Hockey Town, so <laughs> Well, I think we do on this show, and you know this, Stone, because you're a loyal listener. I always get texts from you about the show. You know that we rated the Rams to finish the season in good and the Lions in the frisk zone. I know knowing you, you probably feel way about that. But having said that, for making picks for this game, I can't in good conscience not voice my support for the Lions. And that's what I'll be I doing. Love that. Yeah, I mean uh I wasn't very convinced, so I, I still kind of, you know, Boo. I still think the Rams are going to win. I think the Lions will win, but by only two points. So I'm taking the, I would take the Rams against the spread. <laughs> it comes down to Alex. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to side with Owen on that one. I think it's going to be a pretty close game, um, but I do want to be on the Lions side. So like, I do want to participate. I would say the Rams and- cover, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I want to enjoy wow. in the celebration. Um, okay, we can take the Rams. Four to one. So we'll three of you back. think they'll win the game, but they'll just the Rams will cover, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. So I, I was the only one wrong. <laughs> well, I, I feel like, yeah. I, like you I can just want... say they'll cover and that the Lions will win. I like the Rams plus three and a half, which means that the Lions will win, right? He, like not, the game, not necessarily. Lions okay. will win the game, Tone. They I will. would sprinkle the money line. 
No, what, I would. What do you think the score is going to be, Adam? Give me a score. Oh, I don't. Okay. 20, it'll be it'll be thirty-seven thirty-four tone. I'll for go the, twenty-seven for seventeen for the Rams. What? Oh, We're gonna lose by ten points. Adam, show. <laughs> Adam. Next game. Next game. Next game. <laughs> He'll be wrong, Tony. Yeah, let's go to Dallas. He'll be wrong. And let's go to Dallas. Let's talk about Dallas. Hey. Let's work in reverse order. The Packers are coming in. We can get seven and a half if we if we take the Packers. And this is one of those ones. I don't want to go to Tony right away, but it probably tears him up because he's either got to cheer for the Packers or he's got to cheer for the Cowboys. I know he doesn't want to do either of those things. I personally think it would be funnier if the Packers were to win this game. So I kind of want to go that direction. I don't really like either of these teams, and I don't really have a strong read. So let's go to Adam because he's this is his show. This is his game. Yeah, I mean, I asked Tony the, the scared question, um, and I think that was mostly a projection because I'm scared. Um, I know I shouldn't be scared. Like, we're pretty big favorites, and when you look at this Packers team, they're pretty bad in most places. Um, but then you look at, you know, how we perform against the Packers historically. And I mean, they were bad last year and they, uh, beat us and Christian Watson scored like three touchdowns on us. And it, it was not a fun experience. I did not enjoy that game. Um, I mean, the only thing I really have to hang on here is that Aaron Rodgers is gone. So maybe he was like the guy that kind of was in charge of us. Logically, I think you the Cowboys is the pick. Like they kind of outclass the Packers in every single position. Um, like our weakness, as I've kind of been preaching, is the run game, and I'm not really scared of AJ Dillon running down the middle. So, you know, I think the logical pick here is the Cowboys. That being said, I'm I'm uh, very afraid. I like the Packers to cover. I just think the Cowboys. We'll cowboy a little bit, and this game is going to be a little closer than we anticipate. Don't think there's any pressure on this Packers team. Like they're playing with house money, and there's all the pressure in the world on the Cowboys, um, playing at home and everything. So I definitely think they're going to win, but I think it's going to be a closer game than what is this? More than a touchdown, seven and a half. Yeah. yeah. So I think it'll be within that. What do you think, Tone? I think the Cowboys will win, and I want the Cowboys to win. Um, if because when we do beat the Rams, I'm hoping we get the Cowboys again after the fraud that happened. And <laughs> I know if we play them again, it we will definitely win. Problem with Green Bay is that if they win that game, they're gonna be coming into the next game hot. You know, they just beat the Cowboys at home. Yeah, they're doing good. Jordan Love was probably gonna have like a great game if they win, right? I think that you, I think you have that right. Because I think what Alex said is true. If the Packers win this game, it's like, and, and there's no pressure on them. And Dallas has got to be feeling the weight. I do, I think we should take the Packers because I think the number's big. I like to stay within a touchdown. But I, I do think Dallas will win this game. But I think it's going to be tight. Don't. Let's do that. So we're on the Rams and we're on the Packers. A couple dogs. The other game on Sunday, Steelers at Bills. Buffalo minus 10 and a half. Anybody want to make a pick here? Anybody plan on watching this? Anybody? You first, Phil. You first, Phil. You first, I want to take the Steelers. Me yeah, too. Same. Mike Tomlin. Josh yeah. Allen. Josh don't, Allen's going to Josh Allen them. a little bit. Yeah. I would like to take Buffalo personally. I don't think the Steelers are going to keep this close at all. But I think so too, yeah. We got three Steelers, so I, I guess we go that direction. I just think... This is one of those classic, they've made the line so big that people are going to be like, oh, Steelers are going to stay inside that number. And the, the Bills at home are 
you know, a kind of a different team. Usually I know they played the Patriots to a bit of a stalemate the other week, but most of their heat performances come on the road, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess all the ones I'm thinking of have been on the road, but I still like the Steelers. Like this could be a classic Buffalo blows out a team. Could be. That's what I'm thinking. But it could be a classic Josh Allen puts on his Mason Rudolph pants and we don't know which QBs who. Yep. Yep. Okay. We'll take the Steelers. We'll take the ten and a half. So we're riding all three dogs on Sunday. Saturday. Do you have a read on either one of these ones, Alex? Which one do you feel strongest strongest about? Oh, I don't know. I I feel strongly about both games actually. I like the Browns um to cover. We can get into the Browns game first. Kinda Adam, I think, alluded to it earlier on the pod. I was kind of more on the Texans and stuff with CJ Stroud, but the more I think about it, like I just think this defense is way too freaking good. And they've been playing super hot all year. Um, I think it's going to make serious problems for CJ Stroud all game. And what's the pressure on Joe Flacco again? I still think that pressure thing's kind of a big deal. Like, it's going to be CJ Stroud's first playoff game. Is he going to perform well? This, that. So Flacco, I mean, he's been there, done that. If he loses his game, I don't think he really cares. Like, he's had an unreal season. Um, so I think I think the Browns are just a pretty confident team right now. So I'd like them to uh, to cover. Yeah, I want to backpack off that because this is my favorite pick of the entire weekend. I think this is an easy Browns. Um, the Browns defense is good. Not as good on the road, so maybe less confident. But I think it's important to remember that, I mean, I get CJ Stroud is like probably top eight quarterback right now. But at the end of the day, he's still a rookie quarterback in the playoffs. And there's still things that he has struggled with a lot this season. And uh, probably his biggest issue is uh, under pressure. And we know that the Browns defense, specifically one player on that defense, gets pressure very quickly and very easily. So I uh, I just like that team a lot more. I don't think the Texans really have answers for the Browns defense. I don't, I don't think Nico Collins is Jamar Chase or anything like that. I personally like the Texans. You know that. I picked them to make the Super Bowl. I think that they can win this game. I know they played a few weeks ago and they lost, but that was Davis Mills and Case Keenum. I, li- I like this matchup for them. Cleveland's down their two tackles. I think Texans can create some pressure, make some Flacco mistakes. I, you know, like Alex said, the Cardinals were telling the Jags that NRG Stadium is a hot place to play. It gets loud. I think the Texans are going to win this football game. I really do. And I, I think they're playing similar to the Packers. Like, it's kind of like a loosey-goosey type of thing. Like, the pressure's off us. We made the playoffs. We defied our expectations. And I think I, I just, I, I've said it like eight times. I don't want to be around when the Flacco pumpkin goes back. So I'm I'm riding with the Texans. Yeah, I am too. I love the Texans. <clears throat> uh, I just think they have the most dynamic quarterback uh, in this game. Um, and I think they're playing kind of nice and nice and loose. They really uh, have, I think they've accomplished mostly what they, they need to accomplish this year. And so there's not a lot of pressure on them to, to win this game. So I think that that's going to allow them to play pretty Pretty uh, relaxed, which I like. Tone, you're deciding the vote here. What's a good defense um, the Texans have gone against, realistically? Because I think this is going to be his biggest challenge, C.J. Stroud's, is against the Cleveland defense. Because I don't think he's gone against any good defenses, right? So The Jets' defense, and he scored six points. People forget. But I think that's the game he played like a yeah, half, though, right? I, yeah. No, he played that whole game, didn't he? Got hurt in that game. I, I just think the Browns' defense is going to kind of get him off his mojo which other other teams haven't been able to do so I, i'm gonna go with the browns here all right what's browns then 
It is the Browns. Then. That's, that's the pick. That is the pick. We'll go with them. And you had a strong lean in the other game too, Alex. Hell yeah! This is my um, this is my favorite pick of the week. I think the Chiefs are absolutely going to smash the Dolphins. Same. Like it's going to be a disaster. They're going to put up twenty on the Dolphins. Dolphins are nobody. Um, it's going to be a tour to a disaster class. You know, I can just envision it Monday morning. Oh, you know the the Chiefs did show up. Like they're, they're the team we've been looking for all season. Mahomes isn't going to have any problem with with these guys. I think the defense is going to show up. Um, Arrowhead playoff game. Like, are you kidding me? I, I don't think the Dolphins have a fighting chance. I agree, a hundred percent. I think this is an absolute smashing blowout. Tua, look, we've we've seen we've seen what we need to see. I think, and I, I'm looking forward to handily picking the Chiefs in this game. I don't even. Terry Kill looks a little banged up. Sorry to interrupt. No, um, exactly. And same with Raheem Mostert too. I think he's a little banged up too. They were resting him that one game. So, I'm all in. I don't have any strong lean on this game. I think I respect the Dolphins a little more than you guys. Well, I mean, um, the Patriots finished with more wins against teams over 500 than the Dolphins did this year. So yeah, that's fine. I mean, I Dolphins played the Chiefs already this year. It was, you know, one turnover decided that game. I think I would expect this to be a, a closer game, but if you guys like the Chiefs, then I like that pick. I feel like the headline for this game that I've been seeing at least is that it's supposed to be cold in Kansas City for that game. It Everybody's say, talking about, oh, it's going to be so cold, so cold. <laughs> Miami's that team where the sun's out, they're shining. But once it's cold, I feel like Tyreek just can't run as fast. Um, Too much right. hands get cold. Yeah, Tyreek played I don't, in I don't, Kansas I don't, City. I don't know, man. I, I That weather no, thing is just... It, it'll, just it'll, be, it'll be a quarterback issue, I think, that makes the Dolphins lose this game by a bit. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to go with Chiefs also. I don't, I don't see them overcoming the weather and Patrick Mahomes, you know. Matt, Patrick Mahomes' first down exit, like, can, or is that really going to be the headlines the yeah. next day? No. Yeah, exactly. No, not. And, and I think they were saving a lot of their mojo for the playoffs, too. You know? so <laughs> They put the mojo yeah. in their pocket. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why take the regular season so seriously when the division was as bad as it was this year? Sure, it's nice to get a bye. But, you know, sure, dressed up nice a little bit. At home. So... Yeah, I, I more the Dolphins injuries on defense too. Like they're signing like Bruce Irvin to like start and play this yeah. week. Like that's they they are very injured on that side of the ball. I don't see how they're gonna get after Mahomes. And that's just a you know, they're signing Justin Houston too. Like this is a this is a desperate bunch. I know they lost Ginkle and Chubb and Jalen Phillips and they're just down to the dregs over there, so it's gonna be cold. I think they said snow and wind chill was gonna feel like minus twenty five Celsius. That's what I read, so I think it's going to be a tough night for the Finns. So I, I like that. I think we take the Chiefs. And then the last game, Eagles, Bucks. Owen, do you want to start this one? Yeah, I like the uh, I like the the Bucks here. Um, I actually like them to win outright. I just think they're better. Pretty much like every group on on the team, almost uh, except for maybe offensive line. I would say quarterback, maybe. Uh, well, uh, I think probably, but I don't know. I think that's I don't closer know than you think. <laughs> With the way that uh, both quarterbacks are playing, it's kind of hard to tell. So, anyways, I, I think they're I think they're just a better team at this point of the season. I'm locked in. Like I've I'm not locked into any podcast more than I'm locked into the Ringer Philly special. <laughs> and I have never seen a team like this depressed 
that has this record. I listened to 60 Minutes today about if Nick Sirianni should return to this team, and they're not even considering like a possibility of them winning this game. So, I mean, yeah, based on everything I've seen and based on everything I've heard, I, I expect the Bucks to win this game. I got to be honest, I do too. And I like that Adam has taken something that I've done for many years. Owen knows this, the day that the Maple Leafs got eliminated, the next day we mowed lawns. And I listened to Maple Leafs podcast for literally 10 hours. I, I just couldn't stop. I'm just addicted to their suffering. I like that Adam has gone this direction with the Eagles and just listens to niche Eagles content just to get his rocks about how bad the Eagles are. I kind of selfishly hope that they win so that they keep Nick Sirianni, but I fully expect the Buccaneers to win this game as well. I don't no team has ever made the playoffs finishing the season 1 and 5. Like they're kind of, they've fully backed in. So I don't see them winning this game. Their point differential on the season is plus 6, which is like the third worst they've had since the year 2000. It's just <laughs> Well, the, st the Steelers are minus 30, so I shouldn't laugh, but <laughs> <laughs> one thing, one thing I've heard is that, um, rumor on the street is AJ Brown had an all only players meeting in the locker room after, after their last loss. And I don't think that ever goes well. Like, what are you getting well, done in that yeah, locker room? That was before the giants game. Like that happened after they lost to, uh, Arizona and then they had the all players meeting and everyone's like, Oh, like they might turn this team around and then they got smacked by the giants. Yeah, no, it's that they're not bucks are winning. <laughs> you concur, Alex. Uh, uh, I mean, since all you guys are going with the bucks, I'll go with the Eagles. Like, I know they've, let's go value uh, play. <laughs> Eagle That's, fan, Alex, the best. Um, <laughs> and you know, like you guys know, I've been an Eagles fan for well, not Eagles fan, but I've been kind of, I've been kind of riding with trying to ride with them and defend them as much as I could this season. And you know what? I'll do it again. Um, so, like, yeah, they had the heatest finish that you could have ever, and that stat that Phil brought up scary, but. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't know what went wrong this season, but I don't know. It's weird for me to picture them just first round exit. Um, so I don't know. I, I just feel like they're going to somehow get it together this week and show up and uh, and actually beat the Bucks. So, um, yeah. All right. I like that one person's going that way, the value play. So we're going yeah. with the Browns minus the two and a half. We're going with the Chiefs minus the three and a half. We're taking the Steelers plus ten and a half. The pack plus seven and a half, the Rams plus three and a half, and the Bucks plus two and a half. So I think that's a pretty good card. I think we're going to turn out some successful plays there. I do want to ask as well because Alex is, well, he did. We've got to talk about the coach openings. And Alex texted me yesterday. He's found his guy. He Alex has <laughs> conducted his coaching search. He's done his interviews <laughs> and he has found the guy he's zeroed in on. So maybe would you like to take us behind the scenes on this? Well, I mean, I wasn't expecting Mike Rabel to get fired. So, you know, I was kind of in on Ben Johnson. I was kind of in on the Ravens guy. Adam was sending me like photos of them. <laughs> Ravens guy looks awesome. But I mean, I don't know. Vrabel, I've been such a big Vrabel guy this whole time. I think the things he's been able to do with that really poor Tennessee roster, um, besides Derrick Henry, I think everyone else is pretty mid. Um, traded away Jay Brown long, like a couple years ago, and I thought they were still somewhat respectable. Um I just love him to come into the Raiders organization and kind of, I think, change the culture there a little bit. I think the Raiders have an obsession with like expatriates guys. So I think he fits that. That's a good check mark there. 
Um, and yeah, I just think like, you know, he could come in there and kind of pick the guys he wants. I don't know. I, I feel like he, he would have a good relationship with ownership too. And they could, I mean, if McDaniels was, you know, vouching for uh, Garoppolo and Tyree Wilson to be drafted, um, <laughs> then I'm sure Rabel would get some, get some leeway there as to who he wants to draft and um, who he wants to sign in free agency. And, Kind of just give him the runway to kind of create the team that he wants. Um, in Tennessee, it didn't look like he could do that. Yeah, <laughs> like they traded AJ Brown away for uh, um, a guy that has like asthma. So, <laughs> but anyways, um, I he's he's definitely he'd be my top candidate. But I also told Phil that that's a little too good to be true. Like that's a little too good for the Raiders to do. Mm-hmm. So might have to bring it down a notch and kind of find like a really mediocre guy. Settle. And I, yeah. I, you know, I, this is a full on zoo here because halfway across the world from the great country of Vietnam, we're joined by Caleb. This is really a special appearance. What an entrance. Just when I saw the name pop up, I got a big smile on my face. So do you want to go into any, I mean, this might be a bad question to ask considering you're on a different part of the world, but do you have a coaching vacancy that's really interesting to you as you do like the trip of a lifetime over there? Well, first I'll just say Sing Chao or hello. <laughs> Uh, and Tama for having me. Uh, audio is probably not very good. I haven't thought much about coaching vacancies. Um, a little bit unplugged from the football season, but I I was able to wake up the other morning and see that the Steelers made the playoffs, which is fucking sick. Um, yeah, but I've been missing you guys a lot. Just thought I'd check in and say what's up to Tony as well, who's on the line. Hey, what's up, Caleb? Nice to see you, buddy. <laughs> you still owe me like 40 bucks, man. <laughs> That's right. I, tried, That's I tried sending it to you. You saw the receipts. You saw receipts. Hey, but next time we go to Chicago, I got you, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. Sometime next year. Anyway, yeah. I got to drop off. Whoa. I'm starting a little motorcycle tour here, but uh, <laughs> love to the podcast. And uh, fun, Caleb, yeah. before you go, I got to say great Instagram post today. Take it easy. Take it easy. Yeah. But good luck on the motorcycle. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I think the one that most surprised me is probably Pete Carroll, but I, you know, that's obviously shocking stuff. I said Dallas, I just, I don't know what it's going to be like watching the Seahawks and not seeing him on the sideline. It's going to be a little bit trippy. I mean, he's been there 14 years, like, or maybe not that long, 12 years. And it's, it's just going to be different, man. I'm not, I'm not ready yeah. for how that's going to look. That one's sad. Like, I don't know a single person in the world that doesn't like that guy and respect that guy. And I mean, we, I guess we're lucky we got to see him in his last season, right? Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, we were very fortunate to be able to see that. He's one of those guys. I think it. Uh, you'd probably think he gets a statue outside that field with how much he means to that team. Oh, for sure. I think he ought to do Hall it. of Fame. What, what do we uh, think easily. of the, um, Nick Saban? He's not going to like another team or anything? No, I, he's an old guy. He's 72. I think he's, I think he's done. Wow. I think the thing with Carroll that surprised me the most was they were, it seemed like he got fired. Like every, yeah. everything I read was like he's, and everything he said seemed like he's still down to coach. Like he was talking about how much fire he had and stuff. I don't really understand that. Like I get maybe you want to try to go a different direction before he gets too wow. old. Like you don't want like a, like a Popovich situation, maybe heat, but heat? I don't know. I kind of understand it. It's like, you're kind of at a midpoint where you've finished nine and seven or whatever these past two years, nine and eight. Um, you probably need to start looking at new quarterbacks or rebuild. You know, you don't really want to drag the 70, 72 year old coach through that with you. Like you, if you're going to start fresh, you know, this is probably the time to move him up as an advisor and get a new guy to coach the boys. Yeah. 
maybe. Yeah, I'm kind of also not a fan of the whole, uh, you know, our, our coach has done so much for us. Let's just let him go as long as he wants to go. Um, I still think you have responsibility to the organization and to the players and your fans and stuff to always be trying to make the team better. And I think they kind of peaked and plateaued with Pete Carroll. Uh, as amazing as he's been for the Seahawks. But like I said, I think I don't know what's going on with the Spurs organization or why they or why Popovich has wanted to coach for so long and why they've let him stay for so long. But like that, it is heat. I know I know Phil's a Spurs fan, but um, I think it's nice to sometimes know when it's time to go. Yeah, I don't want to fully commit to that idea. Out of the openings, which is Raiders, Chargers, Titans, Panthers, Falcons, Commanders, Seahawks. Which one's most appealing to you, Owen? If you're if you're Jim Harbaugh, where are you going? Chargers. Really? I just think it's the the like it's so hard to get a quarterback in the NFL, and and having a bad one will lose a lot of people their job, and it has done so so many times. But the fact that you have a vacancy, um, where the quarterback of the team is like probably a top five quarterback. Well, definitely a top five quarterback, I think makes it really attractive because that's a huge piece of the puzzle that he'll just not never have to figure out. And I know they have other issues, but e- even beyond Herbert, they have some pieces that, that I think make them uh, like a team that, that could be viable in like a short period of time. Like when he came to the 49ers, um, they were obviously, you know, they were coming off of a series of, of rough years, but they had pieces. They had really good pieces that just sort of hadn't been put together in the right way yet. I think this is a similar situation. He also probably never really had a quarterback with the Niners, like, like obviously at Herbert's level. So, I mean, I think he probably yeah. would see that as a pretty attractive entity. Yeah, I think that's the easy answer. I mean, and and he's probably a pretty cocky guy. He probably looks at the Chargers roster and he's like, "I have the quarterback. I mean, I rest is easy. Get this team in the playoffs. Yeah." Yeah, I can tell you for free, the, the worst job on there is the Panthers. Like, I don't know if you would <laughs> yeah. have to be a crazy person to want to go coach the Panthers or, like, literally have no other options available. I mean, yeah, I saw the Panthers interviewed the, the current Eagles offensive coordinator today. It's like they, they know that no one wants that job, like the, so they're looking everywhere. The Eagles offensive coordinator is terrible. Like, <laughs> yeah. why would they want that guy? I saw they fired their GM, and he has maybe the most spectacular resume I've ever seen. I don't know, like, if you, like, uh, do the totality of his moves, he declines two firsts for Brian Burns. He made oh, the, that was so <laughs> heat. He made the Bryce Young trade. Here, I got it written down. He traded McCaffrey and didn't get a first back. He drafted some tackle, sixth overall, Ike and Wanu. I don't think that's oh, worked yeah. out in the slightest. I think that's gone horribly, horribly. He traded two second-round picks for Sam Darnold. He traded up for DJ Johnson. I don't think he's on the team anymore. He drafted Jonathan Mingo. The next picks were Jaden Reed and Rasheed Rice. Uh, he traded DJ Moore in that trade. Obviously, the Bryce Young trade. Third round pick on Matt Coral. Gave Miles Sanders four years. Let Stephen Gilmore and Hassan Riddick go. Like, I don't, I don't know. This guy's got the worst resume known to mankind. I don't understand. This, that's got to be the worst job, period. You're absolutely correct. I would like to say that I heard. Um... Rumors on the Colin Coward show, uh, The Herd, um, he was saying that apparently Ben Johnson was getting calls from inside the organization saying, hey, do not be a head coach here. Like, it is bad. Like, from their own people 
they're they're telling Ben Johnson, wow. hey, like if if you if you want to come work here, just be ready for like management not to help you. You're on your own. Like I I would go take any other job. It, it is what I heard on the herd, so I could be wrong, but so really, uh, I think it's gonna be a miracle if Bryce Young actually turns out to be good. Like I think it's when you're a young quarterback, man, you need some kind of a support system. Like it, you just have to have some kind of a support system and something to fall back on. So. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, well, you know, Bryce, you kind of suck this year. You need to play better. Well, I wouldn't be surprised um, if they just trade him. Like, it's a new GM and a new coach. So, what loyalty do they have to to Bryce Young? Trade him for what though? What's he even yeah. worth? Like a third round pick? Well, I think somebody would give up a, a high two or a late one. I mean, if Justin Fields is worth a second round pick, I don't think Bryce Young is getting a second round pick. I think Bryce Young is getting like a third. But uh, anyways. Um, and then just on Harbaugh, I, I think like I think he's got to stay. I think it's kind of dumb to leave now. Like you got your title, Nick Saban just retired. Like you could be even maybe next Nick Saban, Nick Saban, just kind of rain on college football. Yeah, he's got all his recruits there too. He's been so long. He's kind of established a program. And they've done a lot of work to get Michigan football back to where it's been. Like they were even talking on the broadcast, like um, that they used to be a school that like prides themselves on a line play and they were so bad for so many years and it took them a really long time. And now they've had like some of the best old line play in the country for the last few years. So I think he's done a lot of work there. And I feel like it'd be kind of tough to leave. I feel like that's the kind of guy he is though. Like he, I think he enjoys like a challenge to a degree. I mean, he left Stanford after like three of its best seasons in a long time. He left the Niners after like three out of four, like really successful seasons and like, three straight uh, NFC championship games and a Super Bowl appearance. Um, and then he went like he did that to go to Michigan, which at the time was, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't really close to the powerhouse that it is now. Like it, I don't even know if it was uh, anywhere close to what it is now. So like if there's a guy that's going to make a leap like that, in spite of having such a good situation, it seems like he might be the guy. Yeah. I Michigan, like I think they need him. They'd be like, bro, like, Whatever, whatever other teams are offering you, we'll match that and double it. You know, so maybe I mean top tier NFL coaches like that's like twenty plus, isn't it? I think he'd only come for. I the think top the NFL tier. is just so like hard, and it's just so like I don't know. Pers just personally, how I'm thinking about it, I think college football is like easier in that sense. He's already got his recruiting stuff down. He's a lot of players are going to come back. NFL's like holy crap, like. You're not playing Western Michigan, you know, yeah, week to week, and like you're playing against these, like, real, you know, NFL men, teams, as I like to men. say, right? So, <laughs> men, exactly, men. Yeah, I mean, it's, hey, I'll, yeah. I'll be selfish. I'd love for him to come to the Raiders, right? Mm -hmm. But do I see him doing that? No, I don't. Adam sent me this message, and I think it would you would like it. Well, Adam, you say it. Say the thing. Raiders get Harbaugh. Pair him up with Justin Fields. Hello, I'm I'm down for Justin Fields too. <laughs> Tony's Tony's well, not you like know, a man. We had Harbaugh with Kaepernick. I mean, you you could kind of get a similar situation going. Harbaugh, Justin Fields, little combo there. Yep. I yeah. Mean, no, I, I'd I'm rather, down for Justin Fields. I'd rather take my chances on JJ McCarthy on the Raiders, <laughs> just draft him, than Justin Fields. Like you've seen, I've seen enough of Justin Fields to know that he's just not that guy. Wow. Well, we I haven't seen anything Vader. of JJ McCarthy on the NFL stage, and I think he'd rather run it back than, oh, let's go get Justin Fields, this rando that can just run the ball. I, I don't, I don't know if JJ McCarthy's gonna like start in the next two years, but I'm like maybe, but JJ McCarthy I, wasn't like 
spectacular in the no no, no, no. kind of core doing a lot of the work let's go owen i'm kind of in your camp like <laughs> and can we him. talk about penix a little bit because penix looked so heat i think penix like, so yeah. heat i think jj mccarthy will get drafted higher than penix i'm pretty confident i don't that. think that no. yeah i don't think that i, I bet money that. he does not, not. oh and i'll bet you on that. that i'll bet you on that i don't think that okay Okay, let's, we'll Penix talk about is looking show. so heat. Like those throw, like he just did not want to throw to our guy Rome, and that was shocking. Like the amount of times they like show the replay and Roma Dunze was just no one was near him, or he had a bunch of one on ones and he wouldn't throw to him. And even when he did throw to him and he was wide open, he'd miss him or like overshoot him. So very frustrating game as someone that might add some money on that too. But um, <laughs> Penix was a disaster. Yeah, well, that game. I will say, Penix had way. He was asked to do way harder throws and to do them like thirty times. And JJ McCarthy was asked to do five hard throws that whole game. And I don't know. I just felt like Washington was asking Penix to do so much, while JJ McCarthy was just kind of like, okay, just play your role, you know. Game so manage. I think that's why Penix has the advantage over him in the but, draft. I mean, Penix did. I think they kind of still made him do though what he's been doing all season, which is make those really long throws. Like, I mean, he was ripping the ball against Texas, right? I, I don't know why they didn't do it more. I was hoping for more deep shots and more throws, but I don't know. He just wasn't connecting on anything, anything on them. And I will say the O-line was really bad too. Like a couple oh. of guys got pancaked. Like you're getting pancaked in the, in the, in the finals, bro? <laughs> Number 73. Was no, and then there was the one on the, the center the too. starts yeah. and oh. holy crap. The one where the right tackle... Uh, just stood there. It like he like forgot what was going oh, on. Oh, that was maybe the worst so thing I'd ever bad. seen. It was so hard to watch. Oh. I would say in Penix's defense, the line was horrible. There was the run game was like non-existent. They couldn't get anything going on the ground, and uh, he was, I mean, injured for at least part of the game, or like wasn't feeling right. Now, I will also say that he missed on a lot of throws that he shouldn't have. Like he was high on a few guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there was a couple drops that Roma Dunze had, maybe just one, maybe two, um, that he could have put the ball a little better on him. But um, I think it's hard to say that he was the main culprit of, of uh, their loss. Yeah. I kind of, I, I want him to be selfishly drafted by Tampa Bay. Like, let's get him in Tampa. Oh, That'd I, be so sick. Free Huli. I mean, free, yeah, free Huli. Wow. Um, and uh, I mean, Baker's played good, but he hasn't played so good that he doesn't deserve any competition. So. I think that'd be pretty sick. I, I do think, for the record, I do think Michael Penix is a lot better than J.J. McCarthy, but just, I think that you saw the two extremes. Like, the best he plays is the game against Texas. That's his best film, I'd say. And the worst film is the one against Michigan. And I just think J.J. McCarthy is worse, but his his tape won't be as bad as that. And there'll be teams that say, okay, if we can put enough pieces around him, he can do a model of what he did for Michigan. And I think Penix, and I'm not saying I believe this, but I just think NFL teams see him and they think, not really that mobile outside the pocket. Look what happens when you put pressure on him. And the durability thing is is somewhat real. He's just not been able to hold up through thirteen season or thirteen game college seasons. And I, I think teams are going to have red flags about that. I, I don't see him getting picked before McCarthy. And I do think he's better. But, I, I do, but I just. But also, I think the heat thing about JJ McCarthy is like that's also kind of like the Purdy thing, where it's like okay, if we get this guy and just make it simple for him. But it's like, it's not that simple though. It's like, if your team is as good as the 49ers and you're being coached by Kyle Shanahan, can you do that? Not not to take anything away from Brock Purdy, but he gets drafted by like, I don't know, the commanders, 
no, I don't, I don't think they're doing that, right? I, th also, I think it, once again, it depends on the system you get drafted into. Yeah, and also I think injury concerns are a little overrated. Like to to say that somebody's injury prone because they tore their ACL, like he tore it once or twice. Like he had, I think it might have been two. But he played, I mean, back-to-back 13- and 15-game seasons for the full seasons with the Huskies. Like, I think this is the, some of the same talk that ended up, uh, you know, having uh, Michael Porter Jr. get drafted so low is because I think teams look at these big freak injuries in college um, and then they tend to get scared off when in reality it's not, you know, it's, it doesn't end up being as big of an issue down the line. Yeah, I 100% I agree with what you're saying. I just, I don't think the NFL thinks that way. I I really, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't see it. And I think to what Alex was saying, like, you, these really good coaches or guys who have established track records, like Sean Payton, like, they'll just think, I can get that guy to, to do what Purdy does. Like, th that's just how they'll think. And I think McCarthy's built in a way that he could probably do a decent impression of that. So uh, I see it happening, but I will... I will bet Owen on that. I believe that 100%. Let's go. I'm excited. Good. We can, lock, we can lock that in. I, I Only other things I wanted to hit quick, and then I'll throw to the rig part, uh, the QB-style show about the NBA players. Now, I think this is more of an Alex question. What Did you see this story? What do you think about the guys they chose? Are you going to check it out, or are you sort of good on the behind-the-scenes content? I actually will check it out because I don't feel like there's a lot of NBA behind the scenes content in general. Mm -hmm. A lot of NFL behind the scenes content with like Hard Knocks and some of those like Prime, like Amazon Prime seasons that they did. Um, I mean, the most behind the scenes that I've seen is like Open Gym from the Raptors, which I don't, I don't really watch that often. Um, I think this is going to be pretty cool, though. I'd, I'd kind of want to watch this. Um, I think it, I saw it was LeBron, Sabonis, like Tatum. Yeah, Tatum, Jimmy Butler, and Edwards. Yeah, I think those are all great options to pick. I don't know why everyone was laughing like so hard that Sabonis is in there. Like, I like he's a good player. I don't I don't get what the big deal is. Um, I think Ant is going to be awesome in that, and like the LeBron cap is going to be unreal. We're going to get some really good content <laughs> from that. So he's just going to be capping like all show. So it's going to be great. Um, yeah, I get an inside look as you know, Jimmy Butler a little bit too. So I, I like who they picked. I'm I'm definitely gonna watch. And Netflix has kind of been slapping with some of these uh sports docuseries and stuff. I like I like some of like the I think it's what's the one with like I think it's called Untold. Yeah, with, yeah. With like the Malice at the Palace. Um they've had some other good ones. There's like the Captain's one with the World Cup that they put out not too long ago. I checked that out. Uh, it was pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. I watched the first episode, I liked it. Um, so I, I'm actually down for more content like this. So keep it up, Netflix. Let's go, Alex. What do you think of uh? Of yeah, ben here we go. Oh, here we go. I knew that was coming. I mean, uh, I I've just been thinking about it all day, so I'm kind of exhausted <laughs> about the whole situation. Like my like heart actually hurts from like like I just felt bad for the guys. I thought they played a really good game, and you know, a win against the Lakers would have been really good for that. For, for our team, for, for some of the young guys. Um, ben Taylor is who he is. Go watch that Fred Van Vliet post, um, um, interview from last year. Um, he's just not a good ref, in my opinion. I thought the calls were really poor. Uh, so poor that like he waits to see if the ball goes into the basket or if, it, if, or if the player misses the shot, then he calls the foul. Like That's not 
that's not how refing works. But I guess when you're when you're ref in the Lakers game at home and they're struggling, um, they're going to get a benefit of the doubt with the calls. I don't know. I mean, even Phil watched it and he's you know pretty impartial to the Raptors, and even he thought it was just one of the worst officiating um, games in a bit. But what I was well, most happy about was Darko going out there and just ripping the refs um, or ripping Ben Taylor. I think he was right with most of his things. I I, I was happy with you know. What, what Darko said post-game. And I was happy with the effort our guys gave. Like, they could have just gave up, but they were fighting to the very end, to the point where we lost by one point. So. Well, I, I want to ask, because I think, you know, two weeks ago, we had a similar conversation. <laughs> and uh, Here we go. I mean, you were telling me about how, you know, it's the NBA. Like, you got a ref for your stars. And I don't think there's bigger stars than the Lakers at home. And, you know, I feel like that's kind of what happened. I didn't have a problem with the Anthony Davis fouls besides the one where he flopped. I mean, Barrett was just there and he kind of ran into Barrett and he flopped. So I still agree with what I said. I still think the stars should get a benefit of the doubt with the calls. But if you watch the game, it wasn't even the stars that were getting some of the benefit of the calls. It was like Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. And um, I don't even think you can bring that into play. But and, and it's just an issue with the ref. I think generally NBA refs for the most part are pretty good. But Ben Taylor has like he's had a problem with the Raptors, but he's had a problem with a lot of teams in the NBA. So I don't know what that guy's deal is. Um, my point also is like I think it's egregious when you're waiting for to see if the ball goes in the net or if it or if the player misses it, and then you're calling a foul. Like that's just crazy. So that that should be like totally illegal. Like I think the refs need to have some accountability too. too. That was just insane. Yeah, like and- the amount of late calls. Phil was watching the last like quarter two it was crazy you could make an argument the game was actually rigged honestly it was crazy because there was a few that the ball would hit the rim come down and then the whistle was coming and that happened like two or three times and it seemed like anytime the raptors cut it close i mean the fouls come started coming in and the flagrant one was the kind of the one that decided the game as it turns out because it was a one-point game but i knew i knew alex was going to be all over the darko thing um, oh, it was it. Holy it, the best part. It was at the start when he just angrily, I don't even know who he was talking to. And he's like, thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. And then he Doug just, Smith. Yeah. I don't know what that was about, but he just starts <laughs> I, think, I think Doug must've said something about like, Oh, it must've been frustrating to, you know, coach that game. And it looked like the Lakers, you know, had the benefit of the doubt with the call and stuff. So I, I don't, I don't, I didn't hear what he said, but Darko seemed pretty fired up about what Doug said. <laughs> So, and he said, like, I was watching that live. I was just ready for some, like, Serbian swears to start ripping through because he was, like, so pissed. But honestly, that's what I want from my coach, man. I mean, it's a little refreshing, too, to most guys are just like, yeah, like, we weren't happy with the whistle tonight. And then that's it. Darko was like, you know what? I'm going to get fine, but at least I'm going to make it worth my while. So I'm happy for him. And uh, I think if you're one of the players, I think that just makes you like the coach even more and want to want to play harder for him. I mean, that's how I see it. I don't know how everyone else on the team sees it, but uh, I'm glad with how he uh, handled that. And I think that's a natural transition. Last thing I want to do with Tony, and then we can wrap up and send it to Rig. Tony did say he wanted to do a Pistons minute. Now, I think we should keep it to about a minute, and I would like to hear your steps on how to fix the Pistons, who got blown out by my Spurs tonight. A quick Wemby triple-double in about 20 minutes played. So, yeah, that's sick. Yeah. So how are you feeling? How are you holding up over there? What do we do? It, it is terrible what's going on on that organization. It, it needs it, it it can't do anything with what's on the court. I don't think anything on the court 
matters right now. It's 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 the it's the higher ups right now. We need to fire I don't know management or something because they're just not getting it right. We're not hitting on any picks other than the Cade. Um, Jaden Ivy looks okay, I guess. Um, don't even get me started with Killian Hayes. Like it is just a <laughs> straight straight mess over there. If it's if there's change that needs to be happen, it it's from above. Nothing on the court because what I see on the court is just unmotivated guys. Monty Williams is going through a lot of stuff right now, um, you know. So, I, I hope we have enough money to pay the other guys because they gave Monty Williams a bag, thinking that they'd fix all the problems for him, which just isn't working. I think Monty actually like told like told them, "Hey, you guys need to sign me for six years, just so that we can get draft picks in the order." Because we're not going to be able to beat guys like Wemby and Chet at all. You know, we need we need bigger guys. We need we need someone lengthy that can just shoot the ball. You know, one of these freaks to just come out of the draft and pray for that but yeah that's about it that's kind of the recipe you need a you need a freak at this point or else you're screwed yeah okay so what my question then would be is i'm guessing then you wouldn't want to trade for like vets and stuff because like you have picks and like you could trade for i don't know some actual like really good players because that's what we've heard the pistons want to do is trade for some vets because like the only kind of vet i can think of that they have is bogdanovich the problem with that is I see no player. It's going to be a Blake Griffin scenario where they're just going to have no motivation to want to play for Detroit. They're going to be like, this city sucks. Like, get me out of here. Like, they'll just stop trying. They, they won't give it their all is what I think. You know, like if we draft a vet, I just, I we need to draft young guys who are hungry and motivated. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. But you also have to be careful with like, like I, Phil and I were texting about this uh, a couple of days ago, but you also, and it, it's in, you see it in hockey and you see it in uh, in basketball. Like, you also got to get a couple of those vet guys. Now, I, I know what you're saying. You probably don't want to trade all your picks for, like, Pascal Siakam or whatever, some other guy. But um, you do want to make sure you get enough vets in there because, holy True, crap, yeah. Cade's in his, like, third year. And he has to, already, uh, you know, he's already having to act like a vet and Jalen Duran and all these. Like, it's a lot of young guys. So, and Monty can only do so much, right? Yeah. But the tank he's been, he, and I want the Pistons to be so good because they're just, bro. They're, like the NBA is better when the Pistons are good. I think they're when one Detroit's of those teams. Lively sports are just better. Like when Detroit. Yeah, good. Red Wings are another team that I'm like I want them to be like elite for the next couple of years, and and same with the Pistons. It's just better that way. Um, but it's taken a while, so um, I I I feel bad for Cade because like you said, oh, he's man. probably the one. I, I like Jalen Duran too, so I'd say that's probably the the other pick you guys hit yeah. on. But besides that, man, Killian Hayes, I don't it's know why he's still in the NBA. That's just so it's heat. Unbelievable that we're paying him money. Oh my gosh. Right now, man. man. Yeah, so you know, it's grim because a few years ago Tony was on here saying we got Cade <laughs> and, and we got Luca Garza. And no, we'll... no, 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 no. We won't talk about that. Raw. <laughs> <laughs> but go lines. Mm-hmm. Go lines, yep. Yep. Go yep. lines. Yep. This is the weekend, and hopefully, you know, you can come back on Sunday night to to give a little blow by blow. Let's hope you can. I I just want to like give a quick minute to shout you guys out. You know, you guys, you guys, I feel like you, Adam, Owen, uh, Alex, you guys come on the pod. You know, when you guys take time out of your day to give us content, and I just want to say I really appreciate it. You know, and I know the listeners are appreciating it too. And um, the fact that you guys take like an hour, two hours out of your day. Um, what 10 hours every week just to talk on the pod for sports for us i really appreciate it um yeah i know you guys work really hard on it so i just want to say thanks you guys are doing a great job um every episode's a 10 i hope this one's a 10 
It's a 10. 10. Yeah, 10. 10. Thank you, Tone. Yeah, that was very, very nice. No, yeah, I just, I feel like you guys deserve it, you know, because just a little bit of consideration. I, I can't pay you guys, but I, soon you guys will be getting the bag. So, <laughs> well, I'd say Tony as a guest is a 10, like the best 10. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. you guys. All right. Well, if we're ever in Chicago, <laughs> you can get us like a deep dish or something or a Detroit style pizza. Wow. I've been oh, trying, I need to. Pizzas are so good. Are yeah. they, are they better than deep dish? Oh, 100%. Okay, 100%. yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. 100%. Detroit's not like I'm at, I, they put something in there that tastes so good. Raw. It is good, uh, hey? In the square yeah. shape. Oh, mm-hmm. now we're talking. Anyway, 10, as you mentioned, stick around for the second half with Rig. It, Owen knows it's, it's a special. Oh, piece. it was amazing. Did we want to do the, uh, the season? Oh, we got to do that. We yeah. can save that. Can do that next. quick, or do you want to save it for the next? Let's let's do it now. We said we do it. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Adam has the over unders for us this year. Um, we teased it on the last show. We did our preseason picks. We have the final tally in. Adam, could you please announce the winners? Sure. I mean, I, I made a bit of a spreadsheet and I had a bit of a recap, so it might take a couple minutes. Uh, That's but, fine. You know, I mean, we're already pretty deep into it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the season was wrap, wrapped up in week 17, even with seven teams to be decided. Um, any scenario wouldn't have changed. I'll start from the bottom. Um, well, first of all, as a show, we picked the same team for seven picks. Um, so... Those consensus picks were the Ravens, the Pats, the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Eagles, the Bucks, and the Falcons. That sounded uh, we good. We went two and five. Oh no! Yeah. Okay. So we were right on the Ravens over. And we were right on the Pats under. Um, we were wrong taking the Chiefs over, the Raiders under, the Eagles over, the Bucks under, and the Falcons over. We all agreed on those picks. That's not a good look. Yeah. Yep. Um, as a show, our worst division predicting was the NFC South and the AFC West. We combined four out of 16, so 25% hit rate for those divisions. Our wow. best division was the AFC North. We went 11 out of 16 in that one. Okay. That doesn't sound that promising. Yeah. So in, in last place, uh, with a record of 12 and 20, this is going to be Owen. So no. Owen went 12 and 20. Yeah. Did you have a feeling that was going to be the case? I did. I knew. I knew. I had some zigs that. Uh, well, you actually were, didn't have that many. I I looked through your thing. So you had the least uh, zags, I guess. You only had one pick that stood out from the rest of us, which was the Panthers. Uh, you took the under, and you were right. That was wow. the only pick you took. That oh, was good. that no one else took. So, so success. So okay. That was the only well, pick you took that no one else on the show took. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I imagine we're we're gonna be all because we're gonna be close finish then. <laughs> yeah, and and you had some takes. Uh, I mean the the only one I wrote down was when we previewed the uh, AFC East. You said Tua is comfortably the worst quarterback in this division, which you could say didn't age that poorly. But I mean the Patriots were always a team in that division, so. Well, yeah, yeah. That's. Eh, I mean, I wouldn't. That's not like old takes exposed. I would say he's the. Comfortably the third worst. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess if you count the guy that didn't play. I count that guy. <laughs> okay. Well, there you when go. I made that take, I was counting that guy. Yeah. I don't think, you know, 
that Panthers one is a feather in your cap. That's a good one for one. They were the worst team in the league. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. It's good. Okay. And then the silver medal was a record of 15 and 17. Well, so who got just, bronze? I kind of ruined it. It was actually a tie for second. Oh. <laughs> and the record mm. was 15 and 17. Um, and both Alex and Phil tied with a record of 15 and 17. Let's go, Alex. Let's go, dude. Look at us. Yeah. So, uh, Wow. Alex was solo on two picks. Uh, Giants, he got correct. Um, he took a little bit of cheating. Yeah, a little bit of cheating. And Chargers, actually, he was the only person who took the under on them. Oh, nice. Dude, that's cool. I think that's because like, I was just so over with Brandon Staley, I couldn't do it anymore. So let's go. Cool. Yeah, I, I remember. I think that was a two man, you and Phil. I remember listening to that one. It was. I remember that. Well, some of Phil's notable picks. I mean, you you went two and two when you picked against the grain against the rest of us. I I didn't uh, circle the teams because there were a little too many. Um, one of the ones you got pretty, I don't want to say lucky with was you took the Seahawks. You had the over or oh, you had yeah. the under, and then Gabe said, and I quote, "Your history is your path, and your future is a story that's yet to be written." And that changed you to the over, which hit. It's so, true. And I did come in, people forget, I did come in fully expecting to take the Lions over, but Tony's tomato can audio made me think it was a sign from the gods, and I took the under. So, Uh, one and one. And then I finished uh, in first with the record of 18 and 14, so 18 wins. I was at 16 wins until the last week, and then I went 2-5 and with those teams that played in week 18. What were your Um, best picks? So I went 2-2 and at when I was like the solo picker, I went two and two. So I, I didn't really stand out. I mean, I was the only person who took the Dolphins over, which, mm. you know, kind of was odd to me. I'd say my best pick was the Rams. Uh, that's when I wrote down, I got laughed at on the show when I took the Rams over. Well, you you said Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup were a top five receiving due in the league. That's why you got laughed at. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't take that back. Um Notably, I was 4-0 in the NFC North. I got every single team in that division. Let's I was go. the only one to sweep a division. Raw. But I went 0-4 in the AFC West. I was the only person <sighs> to bomb a division. Gave it back. Heat. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are those are some of the notable stats. And then I have some, some of the picks that some guests made on our show, some notable ones. So, Caleb came on for the AFC North. Um he wouldn't really drop any takes. The only take he had was the Steelers will finish over the Ravens, which obviously did not happen. Tough. Um, what Tones also didn't pick for that team, he just said they're better than the Bengals, which I guess... He was right. right. Remember, he stood up here he and right. said, he said they need to be an elite, and he was pissed when he we said they were good. Yeah. Uh, I want to shout out Luca. He came on for the AFC East. He got three out of four teams correct. The only team he got wrong was the Jets, which I can excuse. Mm-hmm. And he oh, did God. predict the Patriots as a three or four win team. Let's go. So let's go, Luca. Let's go. Uh, notable. <laughs> I had a lot of notes for the NFC West. I don't know why. Uh, Alex, you know, didn't make any picks. He just said, You guys know how I feel about the Niners and took the under. Yeah. Uh Chris Brown predicted <laughs> Chris Brown predicted a fifteen and two season, which I mean respect, I guess. Close close enough. Uh and then people forget Curtis was in this division and he was the only fan to take the under for his team. Uh and he was right. He hit on the under. Well, I actually think Mustafa picked the under on the Colts. Yeah. Oh, maybe. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. good mm-hmm. point. 
but he was wrong. Yeah, he. That's why I didn't write that one down. Um, Alex also took the under on on the cards, and or he took the over on the cards. Sorry, I noted that because he took the over and he said they're NFL teams, so that was kind of his take there. Yeah, didn't yeah. work out. And I want to say for every take that we say Alex got wrong, he also had his raw DeAndre Swift take. So let's yeah, we got to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, please. And make... I picked overs for I think the entire NFC North. Did I not? You did. Or AFC, AFC North. Mm -hmm. You took yeah. over for all of them. Bengals over did not hit, but the rest of them did. In spirit, though. I hate <laughs> Well, we'll round up. Yeah. Three and one yeah. spirit or something. So, I mean, overall, we didn't do terribly. You guys were one game under 500. I was only two games over 500, so that evens out. It was just kind of Owen. Like, if we delete Owen, we went 500. <laughs> well... Next year, we're going to be better. Next year, I vow to go over 500. I, I promise I will do it. I, I lock of the century. I'm going over 500 next year. This is a, also a good lesson to the gamblers out there. You can be hot for a year. Next year, yep. she'll take it right back. House will take it right back. Exactly. Because right <laughs> so I think I would don't say, get too greedy. Yeah. I forgot yeah. one of your notable picks. You were the only person who took the under on the Jags, which I guess was kind of... I mean, they went under by one game, but good. that's respect. Let's go. That is, I, I was the one who was banging the drum. I remember that well. Oh, oh. But this is true. Last, the year before this, we all went over 500. So I don't think there's that much shame here. No. Yeah. It's, it was a weird year in the NFL. It was a weird yeah. year. We had to I'm finish happy with, with my performance. 100 teams in the unserious zone because it's just impossible to separate some of these teams. It was a hard year. So, and yeah. I, I think uh, about, 12 or 13 of these teams where one went off, like they were right at their over under. So, you yeah. know, one game flips and could be a different story. Raw. I sent you guys the spreadsheet if you ever want to review it. Maybe Thank fact you. check. I will take a look at it. I will. Anyway, stick around for the rig portion of this show. It is very good. All right, we're here. It's me, Owen. It's Rig. Rig is back. And actually, I Rig brought me a nice shirt. He brought me a flame shirt. And I have something I want to give to Rig right at the start, too. I uh, You can put, choose to put this in whatever recycling bin you want. It's been sitting on my ping pong table for the last six weeks. <laughs> wow. But it's a Connor Zary poster. It's about as big as a torso. Um, but it'll look great in any recycling bin or wherever you want to put that. That's all yours. That looks like a future... Star in the NHL, if you ask me. <laughs> Best corner in the NHL in the next five years. Wow. Connor wow. right now. Big praise. He'd be lucky to scratch 10th place, but there's a lot of corners out there. But I think he was ranked, like, actually, I saw something. It was like, I think he was, like, they did the best corners in the NHL, and he was ranked, like, number eight or nine, I think, right now. And Wow. Let's go. That's so, huge for the Flames. Yeah, McDavid, even... McDavid obviously wasn't on the list, but. Yeah. yeah. Mm. NHL's got a lot. There might not even be <laughs> nine corners in the entire NFL. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. But that's just how it goes. I think, you know, C Canadian names, Connor's got to be right at the C Connor's, Ryan's. There's a lot of those. Owen probably too. I think Owen's more unique. It's a special name. It is a special name. Yeah. You are the most Owen person I know. And Nick is also very, like, if Nick had the K at the end of his name, it would be different. But because he's just Nick with just the C, it works a little bit better. I don't know why that <laughs> is. But yes, of course, we're back. Flame season well underway i think the people who you know now the week there's no monday night football there's no thursday night football people are starting to scramble how do we feel flames are about 500 yeah i mean it's been obviously the start of the season was was tough to watch um 
it's this is kind of right where I thought they were going to be, just kind of right, you know, in the wildcard hunt, maybe just outside of it. I wouldn't say, like, I'm not necessarily disappointed. Like, I, I don't consider the Flames to be a contending team, so I'm okay with them losing. Hopefully, you know, pick up some draft picks, mm-hmm. some prospects maybe. That would be nice. Um, that would be very nice. And I kind of like, like, I mean, I like how they've introduced more youth into the lineup. I mean, what they were doing the first 10 games obviously wasn't working. So call up Pospisil, call up Sari. Um, even they're mixing in some of their younger defensemen. So I like I I think in, like I think this season success. I don't really care what happens this season. I hope they lose more games, get a higher draft pick, start to trade some of their UFAs. But like, I think the future. I'm liking what I see for the next kind of five years. I mean, Huberto is you know a big. He's been getting absolutely ridiculed in the media, rightfully so. And again, I mean, the sample size I'm speaking on here, the four games he's played on his new line, he's looked good. I think he's got four or five points in four games. He scored a, a beautiful goal today against Philadelphia, um, but it's been a, a been a tough season for, for Huberto and um, definitely probably not playing up to his, his contract this year. I was going to ask, do you think all the times that, you know, you said Darnell Nurse is overpaid, all this stuff, do you think that maybe that was some form of karma that came back and got you... <laughs> In the form of probably the worst contract in the NHL. Yeah, probably. I mean, I got some <laughs> stats on Darnell Nurse here, actually. Well, so, he's doing really well. Um, yeah, I mean, stats suggest otherwise. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it is it is a bad contract. I would say it's one of the top 10 worst contracts in the NHL for sure. I would need a list in front of me to... <laughs> I think top one, but yeah, but, you know, top 10 for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, an- it's actually weird because analytically, like... The stats that I have again are all mostly analytics. There's a couple real stats in there, but <laughs> analytically, like Huberto isn't awful, I guess you could say. Like, I think you know a lot of it has to do with who's playing around him in terms of pure point production. I mean, you look at his line in in Florida when he had that great year. It was Bennett down the middle with Duclair on the right wing. So Bennett, hard nosed two way centerman, Duclair, speedy guy skilled guy and he's kind of playing like with Lindholm, Cherenkovich, it's a similar type of line now so how successful he's going to be I'm not sure but I do feel like he's going to be more successful playing with those two players than he would be Blake Coleman and, and Michael Backlund but that's just my opinion there if only we had a guy like uh, Bennett that we could pair him with that would be mm-hmm. really nice yeah, that would be good yeah, yeah. yeah. we too- should look we should look to the NHL draft maybe to get a guy like Bennett yeah. <laughs> Well, too bad he hates Calgary Canada. Too bad. Otherwise, it could have worked out. But I think, you know, I miss, and you're going to say this is disingenuous, I miss when the Flames are good and you can come on here and say Stanley Cup because the passionate rig is the rig that I love the most. And last time when we had you on in the summer and it was just neutered puppy rig and you were just very upset, didn't like the direction of the team, that hurt me, dude. uh, You're going to say that I'm lying? That actually hurts me and upsets me. So to see a little bit more juice, it brings me joy. You know, and I will say, like, I'm excited about the future. Like, I feel like the future is, is bright in Calgary. I mean... Obviously, they have some work to do with their pending UFAs right now. Like, I think, you know, we're getting pretty close to the time where you just start looking at some of these trade offers and conversations mm-hmm. with, you know, your Lindholm, with your Tanev. Hannafin is one guy that I think he's the only UFA I would be okay with re-signing just due to his age. Mm-hmm. He's 27, I believe, right now. And he's I think got, it was trending in that direction yeah. from what I was reading the yeah, other day. Exactly. So he's got, like, Hannafin, I mean, he's 27, He's he's obviously he can play with some longevity because he's you know he's like he's on pace right now 
to be the fastest defenseman ever in terms of age to a thousand games, which is crazy. But you know, I think Hannafin's a really good second pair defenseman on a, on a good team. Like, I never, he's never going to be one of those top two guys that can score you know 50, 60 points or be the top shutdown guy. But he's a good you know third, fourth defenseman on a good team. So I'd be okay signing him to you know anywhere from a six to eight year contract. Those other guys, it's time to trade them. Get your draft picks. Get your prospects. Get the rebuild going. I mean, they obviously got some talent like they got you know Zari they got Pospisil Coronado who's ripping it up down in the minors right now mm-hmm. um Peltier we haven't even talked about Peltier because he's hurt mm-hmm. but Peltier I think he's a good prospect you got um, some young guys coming got in some young guys our blue line too like the Flames they have pretty like they got a deep prospect pool in the blue line like Anderson still he's like 26 I believe right now um, Shillington's coming back. Mm-hmm. Shillington's now doing his conditioning stint down in in Calgary. Um, in Calgary, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the Wranglers. Um, they got actually really good. His name's Jeremy Poirier. Let's go he's sleeper. A, yeah, he's an offensive defenseman. Played in I forget where he played in junior. He played in the QMJHL. Um, he looks like a guy that you know could be a, a good offensive defenseman. Um, and then Jan Kuznetsov, who they just called up this morning. And then, Let's go Jan. yeah, and then, like, it, I think, you know, their blue line's good. They got Dustin Wolf, who's one of the best, if not the best, goaltending prospect in the world. And it's just about continuing to build that forward prospect group, which I think they're slowly starting to trend in the right direction. So I, I am excited about the next, you know, anywhere from three to five years. Now, I, I wonder about this because I do think the tanking incredibly overrated you see what's happening I mean Edmonton took forever to get out of it I've gone into that Ottawa you see what's happened with them Toronto's got their culture problems those are teams that bottomed out hard and we're trying to I like personally that the Flames have never decided to really go all out trade everybody just blow it up try to start again because it's hard to build back up from that so I think you're actually doing a good job with like it's a mix of some veterans and some young forwards come in inject some juice in the lineup I like that idea but I wonder, are you sort of torn between that? Because the Flames have never picked higher than fourth when they took Bennett. So yeah. do you wish, like, it's hard to ask for lottery luck or something, but yeah. is part of you concerned that the same problems that the last core of Flames had could plague this one in that there might not be that game-breaking top-of-the-line skill forward that most teams that win the Cup have? Yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, the, the whole lottery luck you know, goes both ways, right? Like you could finish last in the NHL and end up with the you know third, fourth overall pick, or you know you could be like the Edmonton Oilers and get three first overall well, picks some, in five years. And, some of us are and, just and built like that. exactly and miss on two of them. So um, <laughs> well, the know. other ones worked out pretty good, though. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I I would be I, I'd prefer to see you know like you said like I know I understand what you're saying how tanking creates that losing culture which is something that, you know, you want to avoid at all costs because it's such a competitive league. But at the same time, like, you have to, you know, understand the position that you're in, that who you have right now, you're not going to be able to win a Stanley Cup with. And that's just the fact of the situation. And I would be... The issue is the ownership group. Like, Murray Edwards and Kyrie Sports and Entertainment Corporation are against tanking because they feel like if they tank, then they're not going to be fill their own pockets because people won't go to the games. I would be, I'd rather go to a Flames game with, you know, their top three lines are all filled with, you know, 26 and under year old players versus, you Paying know, the Huberto salary. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> we're locked in for that for another seven, but, you know, Holy watching God. watching Blake Coleman be the leading point producer on the Flames. Like, um, you know, Coleman's, and that's no dig on Coleman. Coleman's a great 
hockey player. He's you know he's smart, physical. He's a good third line guy. But there's no world where Blake Coleman should be your leading <laughs> point producer on a Stanley Cup contending team. So um, I would be supportive of the full you know knock down the walls, rebuild it all. Do I think it'll happen? Probably not, just because it's not something that the Flames typically do and have done in the past. But um, I, I do think they have some pieces there. It's just about getting a couple more, get a high lottery pick here in the next year or two, and I think you're off to the races. You can start talking about a team that could potentially contend for the Cup in you know three to five years. I like that. Five-year plan has been said, and I think that's a good strategy. You also, now here, here would be my thing. If you could add a first for Lindholm, I think that'd be great, but I, I think that ship might have sailed. I think... Yeah. The way he's playing, the yeah. team's not really going to no. be looking to shell out a top 30 pick for that. I mean, it just, I he agree. hasn't looked like the same guy in the last yeah. 20 months. No, so he's, yeah, he's looked, I mean, to me this year, like it's been, it's evident that he doesn't want to be here. Um, 100%. And I'm on the, I'm on the stance where if a player doesn't want to be here and get him out because it's, you know. You know, Clarky here can agree with me that it's a great city to live in. And yeah. um, what do you? How can I not agree? <laughs> I live here. I know, but you got the Oilers sweater on, so yeah. it's, it's tough to say. But anyway. Calgary's the best. Yeah, it is the yeah, best. Yeah, Calgary's right? great. Clarky. Is it really the best? I love, I love Calgary. Yeah. Where do you live? I live in Calgary. <laughs> well, I split my time, but I usually live in Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Unloaded. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, it's okay. And no, it's, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that if you don't want you know, to be here, then you need to, we need to trade you. We need to get rid of you because you're not going to put your best foot forward. And I think that's evident with Lindholm. I mean, you know, he had a great year with Lindholm and Kachuk. Goudreau and Kachuk, my apologies. Um, <laughs> no problem. But uh, yeah, I mean, he just doesn't look like the same player right now. And he's just not even trying out there basically. So it's, yeah, I do think it's time to part ways. And I mean, hopefully, you know, you get a team that's desperate enough to, you know, give us as much as we can get what the market looks like i don't know i mean he's he's one of the few you know two-way centermen out there that's going to be available probably this trade season so mm -hmm. i could see you know a boston or a colorado maybe overpaying for lindholm and um but i mean teams need that second line center to win like you look at colorado two years ago like they had Kadri and mckinnon down the middle as their top two centermen and they paid paid huge dividends and i think it's something that you need to win yeah, 100%. I would also say too. Again, I, I you know I'm not in the locker room or anything, and I don't have my finger on the pulse of the team. But it seems like <laughs> why would you why would you phrase it like that? Well, I, I'm just I'm, what I'm trying to say is that you know I'm, I don't know that much about the team in general, but um, it seems as though there's been a lot of tumult mm -hmm. in the in the organization and in the locker room over the past four or five years. Um, and so it seems like having buy-in really would be at yeah. a premium, especially now, especially with this group of, of guys, even, you know, compared to, to other teams in the NHL. Yeah. I'd say that's a, that's the right idea. And I, let's say, so you would like to see Tanev go. You'd like to see Lindholm go. Is there anybody else on that list of you think people, and I'm not saying Tanev doesn't want to be on the yeah. flames, yeah, I, yeah. but anybody else on that list, do you say, you know, just from watching the games, that guy doesn't want to be here. I don't want him here. Does anybody get your dander up like that? I don't know if there's anybody that I can think of that, you know, when I, when I watch, gives me the feeling that they don't want to be here. Hannafin maybe a little bit at the start of the season. Looked like Hannafin was intentionally scoring on his own net a couple times earlier on in the season. <laughs> Raw investigation. But, yeah, but since then, I think he's been good. Um, like, I think, you know, Tanev is a guy I think no matter where he goes or what he's feeling, he's going to yeah. make it seem like he wants to be there, just how he plays, just his style. 
this is actually going to shock a lot of people. One player I think the Flames should look at trading is Jacob Markstrom. And mm-hmm. the reasoning for this is because Markstrom's had a bounce back year. I have some stats to prove it. Let's so, go. Let's hear those. And so Markstrom, so I'm far actually this looking season, for a goalie myself. Yeah. <laughs> It's perfect because I got some Edmonton Oilers goaltending stats here as well. Okay. So Jacob Markstrom this year, he is 8.4 goals saved above expected, which is eighth place in the NHL. Like um, the sounds of that? Yes, on the penalty kill. So actually, what's something that they always say about the penalty kill? Who's the most important person? Goalie. On the penalty kill. Ding, ding, ding. The yeah. goalie. Way to go, Clarky. That was Let's good. Go. Let's go hockey, Owen. <laughs> yeah. So Jacob Markstrom has 5.9 goals saved above expected on the penalty kill in the NHL this year, mm. which is first place in the league. He has 0.99, so essentially one win above replacement on the penalty kill this year, which is the best in the league. And he's got 1.63 wins above replacement overall, which is eighth in the league this year. So... Markstrom, he's having a bounce back year. Big time. I think even earlier on in the season when, you know, his numbers didn't look good, they looked like last year's numbers, I believe those numbers were significantly inaccurate just based on how the Flames were playing in front of him. Like, I understand, I mean, numbers are important, blah, blah, blah. Nugent Hopkins, 100 points, 74 of those came on the power play last year. Mm-hmm. Um, power play merchant, anyways. It would have been the highest scoring <laughs> Flame by 30 points. That's yeah. true. Um, <laughs> but, like, Markstrom has had a very good season so far this year for the Flames. Like, I think he's bounced back to, you know, proving that he might not be in the elite tier of goaltenders now, but he's in that next tier, I think, comfortably. Um, like I would put him like equivalent to like a. Well, uh, there's like in my mind, there's like five goalies who are better than everybody else. Everybody yeah. else is kind of the same. He can, in his good years, challenge yeah. to be in that top five. But maybe, maybe he's in like a juicy Saros tier. Hockey Owen is spinning <laughs> yeah. over there. I'd put juicy Saros, yeah. juicy, in yeah. that top five. I would as well. Um, but okay. Uh, okay. yeah, in his good days and his yeah. good seasons, he could challenge to get up there Absolutely. for sure. It's just the consistency that holds him back. Absolutely. But in a year where goaltending is at a premium, like a bunch of yeah. teams are looking for goaltending, yeah. you would fetch a pretty sizable return i agree and, and that's my that's my whole um you know basis on saying that like i mean do i want the flames to trade markstrom like not really i love markstrom i think he's a great goalie but at the same time like i think you could get a decent amount for him there's a couple teams that you know if they're smart they should be looking for goaltending if they want to compete for the cup this year and you know we got dustin wolf we got Dan Vladar. You know, let them play a little bit. They're both young goalies. Figure out what you have. Right, that's the biggest thing is you can't properly assess a team unless you know what you have, mm-hmm. and you're not going to know what you have unless you play them. Because it's like you don't know what Dylan Holloway is because he's spending all of his time in the minors. So well, he's um, spending all his time on the training table. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, um, but like, I mean, you don't really know what you have with Dustin Wolf yet. I mean, you know, everybody talks about. You know, back-to-back years, goaltender of the year in the AHL, you know, AHL MVP two years ago. But you don't know what you actually have because he's only played six games in the league this year. So I'd be okay with them trading Markstrom if they got, like, a good haul for him because he's still got some term left on his contract as well. So it's not like it's a, you know, one-and-done type player. Like, and goaltend- like goaltenders are weird as well because they always develop a little bit, like, later. Differently, I think, for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, you- goaltenders, when they're 34 years old, it's not as concerning as, like, if, like a centerman or defenseman or whatever so yeah um if he's playing good hockey he's just playing good hockey absolutely so i i think that's a good idea too i think you know i i think craig conroy at the the time you know i was a little bit skeptical i thought it was a bit of a nepo hire by the flames like it uh, played for the flames let's let's tweet out i still agree i still agree but he you know he might not be a a complete garden gnome like he might be okay you know He, he he could be doing 
better than I thought. I, I, I'm happy to admit that. Would I have, you know, figured some things out with the UFAs in the summer? I would have, yeah. instead of spending so much time at Earl Grey, but that's fine. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but that's, you know, his prerogative. If he doesn't want to do his job, he doesn't have to. It doesn't hurt my life. So, uh, but I do think he he's smart enough to maybe clue into that. And it doesn't hurt the Flames to get worse at the deadline. So I did see some stuff that the Flames have retained salary on a contract one time which is a little yeah. concerning because in a, yeah. the, everybody's so tight to the cap you might have yeah. to hold back some of that money it seems like that's a that's a no-go unless you know you'd like a lightly used five million dollar goalie with three years left back in exchange a little swap out on the salaries i could in theory make that work yeah, but you're talking about the backup goalie of the bakersfield condors i might Jack be Campbell. i might be talking about him but that's you know more of a pie in the sky type thing but i yeah. think you know second half of the season flames start injecting more youth even than they already have yeah maybe part with some of those guys keep going younger with that guy what what was his kuznetsov yeah yeah kuznetsov, <laughs> yeah, kuznetsov yeah. bring him in in the yeah. tanev spot bring wolf in in the markstrom spot i don't know who they've got in the a for centers that they could bring up maybe a little schwint action yeah that's the, a guy uh, i know no no overtime megan anymore no, no i heard she got cut yeah they she, broke she up got cut. yeah they broke yeah. i'm up Maybe. Really? I, well, I don't think he's up. I think he's, he's down. He's probably he could down. be up in after the deadline. Uh, yeah, yeah, after the deadline, he could be up, like yeah. literally up on yeah. the flames. That would be <laughs> sick. Um, but yeah, I think there's reasons for people to want to go to the Saddle Dome in the second half of the season and cheaper yeah. tickets. I think is what we're going to run yeah. into. Yeah. So you know, there might be some more rig appearances at the dome. Is what yeah, I'm getting. At. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's always fun to go to the game and indulge in some dome foams, wide. Um, <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it's still an expensive expensive uh, outing it so is. it's uh you know it's tough sometimes to go out there but you know when there's the opportunity to go and get your mitts on a pair of tickets that something's not gonna put you out of food for three weeks then i mean hey absolutely let's go to a game and <laughs> indulge some dome foams and watch uh, zari go bar mexico on uh, Stuart skinner it's always a good time <laughs> big second half coming i like that and i think you you'll will you know be in touch at the end of the season you can oh, come absolutely. on talk some more flames absolutely um did you want to hit your world juniors or what else well, in the nhl yeah. can i can to? i ask a, a oh go ahead yeah. yeah so yeah uh i think it's been i don't know I, you, you since you you came out in the summer right yeah i think it was in pre-nhl draft yeah, okay. yeah. June, yeah. so it's been about six months of of the uh conroy and whoever the new coach is i don't actually know his name that enough, guy Clarky. yep a bit about six months of uh, of them together. What's sweater your vest? He's always rocking the sweater vest. The That's sweater how guy. I know him. Yeah. So what would your what would your letter grade for for each of them be? And and maybe That's a good question. How would that you how would you uh, how would you rate their their tenure yeah. so far? Yeah, I mean, I would say I would give I'd give Con or uh, Huska probably a B minus. Um, okay. That's solid. You know, he started off the season a little slow, figuring out you know his lines, his team, and all that. He's turned it around, quite quite well i mean they were i think it was one eight and two to start the season and now they're 17 17 and 17 one, 17 and five or something like that okay so whatever that is like mm -hmm. 16 9 and the math, four, 16, the math is going way four. over yeah. me right now 60 i think they're 16 9 and four since those first 11 games so he's turned it around well i mean you know the team to me like looks bought in like just like how they're playing i think they're playing hard I don't think it's the same thing as last year. I think last year they had the pieces there to be a good team. Mm -hmm. This year, I don't think they have the pieces there to be like a Stanley Cup contending team. So I think he's getting the most out of his team, except for maybe, you know, Lindholm and, and Huberto. So, but other than that, I think he's getting the most out of his team. Like Coleman's having a career year. 
Kadri's looking okay. Yeah, Kadri, since he's played with Pospisil and Zari, he's, looked, he's been the Flames' best forward. Zari and Pospisil obviously look great. Coleman's having a career year. Backlund's turned it around. Man just starting to get hot again. Now he's back on that line. AJ Greer looks really good on the fourth line. Dubé and Rizicka. I honestly, Adam Rizicka might be my least favorite player in the NHL. I think that guy's a joke. Um, <laughs> you know, he's got to pick: are you a skilled guy or are you a grit guy? Because you go out there and you do nothing. So figure out which one. Um, and you know, the defense is always solid, and you know, the goaltending's good. So um, I'd give Huska probably a B minus. Oh, hold on, just a quick side note: what's yeah. uh, Walker Dewar up to? I think he's just riding the pine. And you yeah. know, I don't understand it because you're putting Rizichka out there every single night to do literally nothing except collect cardio. Yeah. Like he doesn't go Close into the, the corners. Wings. He doesn't go into the corners. He's not aggressive on the puck. He doesn't mm-hmm. hit. Doesn't score. Doesn't pass. Mm-hmm. So you got to get in those corners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, if you play on the fourth line, which he's no more than a fourth line player in the NHL, we'll probably trade him to Tampa Bay down south somewhere. And then he'll be <laughs> a first line centerman just like Bennett. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'd give Huska a B minus. Uh, Conroy, I'm going to give him a D. Um, I just think that the biggest thing is, I mean, like Phil said, I mean, you didn't address any of the pending UFAs except Backlund, who you signed to an extension. You know, you know, I'll give him a D plus because let's go. They traded Zador- They traded a third round pick to get Zadorov. They got a third round pick back, and I believe is a conditional fifth. So that conditional fifth will take him from a D to a D plus. But that was um, like a 2027 third, right? Like that. I, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, the Canucks will probably be in their turmoil by then. So, yeah. Well, they're um, like on year off exactly. year type. Exactly. So I mean, it's 2024 right now. So this year they're good. Next year, yeah. So 2027 lines up perfectly. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I think I'd, I'd give him a D plus. Clark, you'd answer your question. And the Sharon Govich trade isn't looking so bad anymore. It's looking good. Yeah, I mean, that was a good trade. I mean, you know, still giving him a D-plus just because, you know, we got too many question marks when the trade deadline is about two months away, so it's a little concerning. But um, (laughs) especially if you get a third-round pick for Elias Lindholm, that would be... I would take that from a D-plus to an F-minus real quick, but... uh, I think there were some ones on the table in July. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, sometimes uh, when you play 18, the phone's usually on silent, so it's not that, you know... (laughs) Not really anything you can do about oh, that. Oh, exactly. Uh, clubhouse after having some blueberry vodka and a <laughs> turkey bacon club. <laughs> how's Toffoli been? I actually don't know how Toffoli's been. I okay. mean, that entire New Jersey team has been underperforming this year. Like, in terms of if you were to rank teams that have had, like, the highest expectations and uh, have yet to meet them. Mm, I know I where would, this is going. I would rank the New Jersey Devils as number two <laughs> behind, of course, your, your Edmonton Oilers yeah. that... You know, quite frankly, have been horrendous this year. I don't um, know about that. You know, they're getting hot. It's the same thing every single year. Like, we talk <laughs> about this, you know. You know, at this time last year, they had a worse record than they do right now. Which, I mean, it's what they always do. True oils, <laughs> Oilers fashion. Yeah. You know, they have that. Just the skid this year came early. It, it did, there's it there's always happen. a skid in there. There's yeah. always a skid. <laughs> Usually you get one in December, January. And then, you know, you fire your coach, you bring a new one in in January, and, you know, he goes 24-7-3 and three to finish the season, and they get bounced in the playoffs, and we do it all over again. <laughs> you know what, Phil, the floor is yours to discuss the Edmonton Well, Oilers. I don't have too much Unless, to say. Unless, are we done on the Flames? I mean, I, I, I think we've got I think the Flames. We, we've touched the Flames. The enough, only thing I, I want to say left on the Flames, and it's not so much about the Flames, is I've missed your usual post-win celebration Daryl Sutter posts. I know. What happened to those? I just, like, I just, like, forgot about it, in all honesty. (laughs) Like, the season started off so slow, and it took, like, three weeks to get another win that 
I just forgot about it. So is it return in the cards in the future? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it might be like bad karma now because I did it for the first game, then they went on a nine-game losing streak. So <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> I mean, although I wouldn't be opposed to a nine-game losing. streak. Yeah, maybe right you now. could do that. Yeah, it's like a little tank action. Yeah. You just post it and a keep your fingers psychology. crossed. Exactly. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. So that was a good answer. I like that. Oilers. I don't have you know. To, I, I think th- I like th- where things are at. Kay. I think they've found their game. Yeah. I, I think they're going to be... I kind of hope they stay out of the Pacific because the last few years I felt that they really... You know, the King series have been tough both years. Yeah. And uh, the Knight series was, was a battle. And if we can go in the other bracket, I kind of like our chances more. I know it's yeah. Winnipeg and, and Colorado, but uh, I think the Pacific teams are generally better. I, I'm not so worried about Vancouver. I, I could see Vancouver falling off. I predicted Vancouver to make the playoffs in the preseason because I thought yeah. they just needed to, but yeah. I could see them coming to wild card and us going into the division. So yeah. I don't know. I don't really have too many concerns. I was panicked for a while, but uh, <laughs> to say the least. But I think they've done a nice job finding their game. I, I think this coach has done a decent job, so I, I don't yeah. have any... What problems. are your biggest concerns if you had to identify them? Well... <laughs> Well, it's been the same concern for right. the last all of my life, basically. So, it's it's between the net, uh-huh. but yeah, I, I like and, and and the blue line for sure. Well, I think the defense has has been pretty good this season. Rick, Rick is grabbing his paper <laughs> as I that sentence left my mouth. But I think if you look at what uh, and people talk about Evan Bouchard, Evan Bouchard, it's it's, it's Ekholm. Ekholm makes. Bouchard work it's how that goes in my mind so and I think nurses nurses had a really good season so I I don't have uh too many concerns about that right now if at the deadline I would like them to add like a not not pay a crazy price for a goalie like yeah. give me like a James Reimer or something like that that we yeah. don't have to cost that much Jim Reimer yeah and then I don't want to pay I don't think we should pay the assets to buy to trade Jack I think we should just buy him out I think that works much better so okay. if we can just s- keep him in the minors the rest of the season be the backup in Baco yeah. hang out maybe there maybe send him down to the ECHL <laughs> maybe maybe give him a conditioning stint yeah, well I think <laughs> he might need more plane, than a conditioning stint there he might need a permanent residence there <laughs> but if he can just stay down there we can make it work with the money that we have i think they need some, some extra forwards but i i don't I, defense adding is not a priority to me right now i think their defense looks good oh fire, fire. i was gonna ask about uh Derek you know, ryan the the leafs are, the leafs are in an interesting you know goaltender situation too yeah. I mean, having moved on from your problem they, they sort of have their a, own problem. their own problem well they made sure to talk about our problem enough that maybe they will the problem of their own into existence oh. as they often do right you know you want you're thinking that. of a problem for problem situation well no i'm just i'm just sort of you know you guys uh it seems to be a a, a trend with these some of these teams in Canada. you're saying we mirror each other a little, little bit. bit yeah some people would argue that that makes me disgusted i really <laughs> you know how i feel about that yeah but anyway you do you want to read What's on your Yeah, paper? I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> I think the issue with the Oilers is is a fundamental issue that's been going on for a long time now. Um, I thought they addressed it a little bit with Ekholm last trade deadline, but stats tell me otherwise. Um, <laughs> Which you know, stats are you talking Ekholm, about? Ekholm, in terms of NHL, and again, these are all analytical stats, right? So, <laughs> like, I, like I, I'm turning more into, you know, putting some value on analytical stats I still am kind of a, you know, Don Cherry guy. Like, you know, I look at how a guy plays and that's how I'm going to judge him, not based on I'm not an analytics analytics. guy. Personally, I I don't like him. 
no. And, you know, I think that some of these analytical stats are, like, way too crazy, like this one I have about um, Bouchard. But uh, <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Those Bouchard stats are crazy. They rate him as, like, a top defenseman one in the is, NHL. This one's actually going to blow your mind, But the thing is, dude. it's because I can't wait to hear it. The, those stats, I know that they say we don't take into account in these stats who they're playing with. Yeah. That's impossible not to do. They're yeah. playing with exactly. M- McDavid, Nugent, Hopkins, Hyman, the best line exactly. in the NHL by far. How could his stats not be better when he's playing with those guys all yeah. the time? It's just no, I agree. But no, I, I mean, just talking like in the terms like in terms of like a team building concept. Like I agree that a goaltender, the goaltending needs to be addressed. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not working. Um, well, I think Skinner, Skinner, the last 20 games has been what he's come to be expected of, like a 9-14, yeah. 9-12. Yeah, like, fourth worst, worst. Well, if worst, you take out those worst. first eight games, though, <laughs> where we were on the skids, he's been just fine. Like, I yeah. got no problems with it. No, okay, okay, so let's get into it, okay? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I think, you know, Ekholm, seventh worst goals against, sorry, goals above expected for an NHL defenseman. Okay, but um, I don't. I, <laughs> I think if you watch, though, that's just an impossibility. Like, I mean, I, hey, it's just what the stats say. Okay, so, right. um, you know, it's the same way. McDavid's third in the league in points. Ekholm's seventh worst defenseman in terms of goals <laughs> above expected, with a rating of negative one point nine. Mm-hmm. By the way, anybody wants to fact fact check me on this? It's all moneypuck.com. Okay, moneypuck.com has been a valuable asset. Next before. Christmas and get you a money puck t-shirt. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. CC is the 11th worst in that metric with a negative 1.7. <laughs> Darnell Nurse has the ninth most defensive zone turnovers in the NHL for a defenseman this year with 21. Uh, Bouchard has the highest expected goals against 10 seconds after his shift with a what rating of 1.9. The next that? closest is Trevor Van Van Riemsdyk with 1.3. So that suggests that Evan Bouchard, the impact he leaves on the on the ice, 10 seconds after he's off the ice, he is he's causing the most goals against for an NHL defenseman. I gotta wrap my head around this. Yeah, one. yeah me too. I'm trying to so <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out. So I see the well that that's a crazy stat that I couldn't even. So once he leaves the ice, the team is wor- like 10 seconds after he leaves the ice, the team is significantly worse. So that means his, he's going on some bad changes. From his impact on the ice. So what he did on the ice, his shift, 10 <laughs> seconds after, he has the highest, most expected goals against. How do they? I, I just... Yeah, I, see, this is my they, problem with these stats. <laughs> Who's doing this? I don't know, but I saw that and I, my eyes lit up when I saw it first. <laughs> but I saw it was the highest... Like, and it's like, it's my significant margin, too, by 0.6. Like... <laughs> Like it's that's a significant yeah, margin significant. for this stat. Well, it could be FJ doing these stats in his red be. shirt, yeah, just marking so up. Possible. Yeah. Does this mean he's ch- he's doing some bad changes? No, it just means that he's not playing the game the right way. Right. He's on the ice. Yeah, mm. that's bad. Yeah. So, yeah, that's he's taking too many slap shots, missing high and wide. It rims around. Okay. Mm. Um. Anyways, moving on from that one. That one was a, I liked that one a lot. <laughs> I like that one too. Uh, <laughs> Darnell Nurse and Cody CC have the fourth highest expected goals against. Per 60 minutes with 3.55. So I looked at this. They've played, I forget exactly what the number was. They played together the whole season. Yeah, so they They play roughly five on five. They play roughly 16.4 minutes together every single night. So that means if you divide divide 60-minute game by 16.4, that gives you almost the same number as 3.55, which means on average they allow one goal against five on five per game, which is concerning. Yeah, 
See, it doesn't really bother me that much because I see oh, I, nice. I see that line and I think they play the minutes against the other team's best lines. So sure. they're, they're not going to have high stats in that area because that's they're going the shot oh, the shots going to be coming hey, their that's way. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, they are the fourth highest, but uh, <laughs> that's regardless of the point. Um, yeah, and then I mean, the Stuart Skinner is just—he's an analytical nightmare. Like just some he, of his stats. Like, his start and, to the season was was very bad. That's fair, but I mean, I think you know, I think we're at the point now where you know, teams have played at least thirty-five games that these stats might have a little bit of meaning to them. Might have a little bit of merit. <laughs> You know, he's the fourth worst goal saved above expect in the NHL with negative 7.5. That's got to get better. I'll be the first and to tell you. So Markstrom, Markstrom's variance is 15 goals above expected higher than Stuart Skinner's. Holy cow. I think you're, you're, those stats are cratered from the first nine games. I, if we're just writing that off in my brain, which I have been doing because that's what I have to do, it, it's fine by me because okay. he's, he's recovered to be in the positives from there. Okay. So remember that one that we talked about, the goals saved above expected on the penalty kill? Yeah, yeah. Stuart Skinner's the worst in the NHL, negative mm. 4.8. Well, the thing is, is, the Oilers' penalty kill isn't even, like, it's like, it's like rate, it's like, I think, in the middle. like, around, like, 19th to 22nd in the NHL. Yeah, so It's right. not like a terrible penalty kill. They got really, uh, they were really bad at the start. They, yeah. they went like 31 for 31 at one point, and then it just yeah. came back to where it was. Yeah. So, and you said Markstrom's first. He's Markstrom's the best in the NHL. Yeah. So, wow, that's I mean, quite the difference. According to these analytical <laughs> stats, I mean, Jacob Markstrom's 31 spots higher on the penalty well, prob- kill. Maybe even more, too, because some uh, those stats sometimes incorporate multiple goalies per team, exactly. right? If they play yeah, in, that's right. So, you might even be closer to like 35, 36. Yeah, probably right there, Clark. Yeah. Good, good input there. Wow. Yeah, no worries. So, and then, yeah, I mean, the wins above expected on the penalty kill. He's the worst, and then wins above expected overall. He's the fourth worst. So hmm. um, all those numbers are in the negatives, which typically for a goaltender is not something that you're looking to see. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, Philly. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I do feel like that, you know, some of these issues, like I, I think you have to make a big move for a goaltender. That, I, that's what I think. I think they would like to, but I, I think the way the goaltending's gone, the teams that have those guys just aren't willing to give them up. And I don't see the value in in trading because if we get one of those, you know, if we're talking about the Gibson tier guys like that, yeah. you're going to have to give them the Campbell contract to match, and then you're going to have to pay on top of it to take the Campbell contract. Like to me, I just don't see the value in that. I think for this year, pick up a veteran guy off the off the bargain bin, be a safe backup. Jim Reimer, James Reimer, whoever it is, somebody who can Peter Morazic, whatever. Just get a guy who's playing well, put him in there. I think they can win with Skinner, but I yeah. might be in the minority on that. Yeah. I. I I think he's fine enough to get it done with the forwards we have if we get more forwards to add on. Have have the Oilers drafted goalies recently? Skinner. Skinner. Yeah. But that was a while ago, right? Yeah. But we have then this Rodrigue guy who we were talking oh, about. Oh Rodrigue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we got a couple guys in, in the pipe. Yeah. But like I mean, even like we were talking before the pod, like goaltenders develop differently where they or mm-hmm. did we talk about this during the it pod? was during the, pod. Was during the, pod. During the pod. sorry my apologies there to the to the listeners at home enjoying your your cup of coffee with your feet up on the coffee table um <laughs> anyways like it, it's just different like i mean you see so many undrafted goalies come into the league just because they develop later and it's just how it works and mm-hmm. um so like I, I don't think you can make drafting a goalie necessarily a priority yeah. just because chances are if you draft a goalie early ch- i'd say chances are it's going to be a swing and a miss 
Yeah, I was actually talking about this with somebody the other day. I, I think it was my dad. We were just saying, yeah. if you go back and look at the greatest goalies of all time, there's no real pattern yeah. to where they were drafted, if that means success. Because for every, you know, Carey Price that went number one, there's undrafted Tim Thomas, yeah. whatever it is. Like, Absolutely. it's just, it's pretty random. You yeah. can't you can't really know. Where, like, versus now, if you look at the best player in the NHL, Austin Matthews, yeah, he's he was drafted best, first yeah. overall. So I mean, That's true. So yeah. skaters, first overall, is typically a good bet. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that one. Whereas with goalies, maybe not. Yeah, exactly. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I mean, Phil. Like, let's say there was a trade on the table right now. Hey, right now. <laughs> I love the eye contact. Jeremy Swayman for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Well, in that situation, I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins says no because he's got the NTC in there. He can he can axe that. Well, you just send Milan Lucic to bully him a little bit, and then. Well, see what happens, right? But I'm uh, a huge, I'm a huge guy for life. I know, I know you are. I know you are. But I mean, sometimes you have to make that tough decision, right? I mean, like it's, I don't know. To be the goaltending is a glaring issue. I feel confident with same with you others that as long as you have McDavid and Drysital, whether they're playing together, they're on separate lines, they're good enough to score enough goals per game without Nugent Hopkins. You know, yeah, well. Hyman has had a great season. Like I mean, it's like we talked about last year, right? Like the the forward depth is probably the best you've ever seen it. Fogel, you know, he's had a decent year. He's another analytical nightmare. Um, but that's he's having a great, the point. great stretch now. Yeah, he is. he's getting hot McLeod. for his five games, and then he'll cool off for another 32. And then, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I think I, I didn't know that Ryan Nugent Hopkins has a no trade clause. Um, but that type of trade, I mean, if Nugent Hopkins would approve it, it's the perfect trade for both teams, right? Boston needs their centerman. They get the third best centerman on the Oilers. Or Swayman or Allmark, right? Like, I mean, Boston would probably rather give away Allmark just because Swayman's younger guy. Yeah, but, I, I see what you're saying. On paper, it's a match. I, I just yeah. think the Oilers have a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know how to phrase this, dynamics within the team that would uh, and that's the other that thing would be too, right? upsetting the apple exactly. cart if something like that were to happen. 100%, because, I mean, we're not, it's like you said, right? I mean, it's we're not necessarily playing, you know, fantasy hockey or yeah. you know, NHL 24 be a GM mode, but... Like it's it's one of those things where you know you're dealing with real people. Like if if we trade a Clark Clarky to like Quebec or something, like I'd wow, be, that would be so I'd tough. I'd be pretty upset yeah, with that. I would I would exercise my NTC. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. put the block on that. Yeah. Stay in Alberta. Yeah. Well, like good for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. No, overall, I don't. I feel fine. I think they'll, they'll. We'll see what they do at the deadline. Yeah. I just think as long as they get in with a team that has so so in most areas, except for up front where they could score, score, score. They have a chance every single year as long as they're there. So it doesn't, yep. you know. They, I'm glad they righted the ship. I think the coach has done fine. So I'm I'm uh, content. Yeah. You wanted a World Junior Minute. Yeah, I mean, just before I move on, I'm happy to hear that versus some of those texts we were having yeah. in November. I mean, well, we, those we, were low points. Those, those, were, low those points. were low points. I mean, we discussed McDavid's leadership. We just we discussed Evander Kane in the dressing room. We just had a ton of well, great points. I like points. Evander Kane. It's, I know you do. I know you do. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, no. I mean, I we'll, we'll see what happens with Edmonton. I mean, I'm skeptical with their goaltending. I will say, I've been saying it for many years now. I'm skeptical <laughs> with the goaltending. The goaltending's an issue. But I mean, like you said, I mean, whenever you have the second best player on planet Earth and Connor McDavid behind mm-hmm. uh, Austin Matthews, behind Leon Drysdale, um, yeah, yeah, of course, wide. Um, then <laughs> I mean, we'll see what happens. So okay, well, I'll get my quick World Junior uh, bit in here because I do want to talk some NFL since it is 
we're creeping up on playoff yeah, season. I want to get a Super Bowl pick yeah. from you and yeah, give yeah. Some, the people something to chew on. But yeah. do get your World Junior Minute on because when I was cutting the clips, I remembered something that you said in June, yeah. and you had the phrase, too many guys now, and I think this could lead into where you're going, too many guys now are being taught to do the lacrosse goal rather than chipping it into the corner. Yeah. I think that this could lead into <laughs> what you are going to say about Hockey Canada. Well, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I wish you didn't pull that receipt because I'm kind of reversing what I just said. Um, but you know what? It's not even necessarily what I just said. Like, I mean, if you look at, you know, Canada's team this year, it was assembled entirely incorrectly. So they left. So one of their players, I think Owen Beck, got injured against um, Sweden. Mm-hmm. So they brought, I forget what the kid's name is. I don't know how to say it. I want to say it's like Fukis or something like that. Okay. They brought him over. They Fugis. didn't. Yeah. So they didn't bring him originally, and he's like almost two points per game in the OHL. Okay. So, you know, my issue, if you look at since we'll say 2016 or even 2015, we'll say, but not including Connor McDavid, if you look at all like the elite skilled players in the NHL now, let's name a few of them. Okay. Jack Hughes, mm-hmm. Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, mm-hmm. Jason Robertson, the Kachucks. They're all Americans, yeah. right? None of them. There's very few Canadian highly skilled players. There's Bedard, McDavid, but my issue is I like I don't McKinnon, know. Yeah, yeah. Well, McKinnon's like a little, a little bit, bit like, yeah, exactly. a little bit older. Sorry, but I just like to me. I don't know if Hockey Canada is focusing enough on skill development rather than you know playing the game the right way. Mm-hmm. Like, which I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still an aspect of that where you have to play the game the right way, mm-hmm. but it's important that your your players are skillful, right? You have to be able to make a tape to tape pass to be able to score. So I think Canada and this World Juniors, quite frankly, just got completely outskilled. Um, you know, the tournament isn't about, you know, being that daunting physical force that can just cycle the puck down low for 40 minutes a game and just completely outmuscle your opponents. 12 Zach Hyman's up Yeah, front. exactly, right? So, I mean, even like Slovakia to me, the games that I watched, they didn't go head-to-head, but Slovakia looks significantly more skilled. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, that's another uh, guy we didn't talk about with the Flames is at Hanzik. Mm. He looked really good this World Juniors from what I saw, so Let's I'm excited go. about that. It's that he's a centerman as well, so who knows? Maybe that's your future first line centerman. We'll see. Um, <laughs> well, it's the thing is, and I kind of agree with you is when you look as all the they, they do all these mock ups like yeah. Team Canada, Team USA, like potential Olympics, World yeah. Cup, Team USA washes Canada on all these charts because it's yeah. like Canada's got McDavid and. McKinnon and then what like Mitch Marner then the guy in the Bruins Marchand yeah there you go let's go good, good pull, pull. Yeah. that was yeah. a really Stamkos. good pull. yeah yep. <laughs> he's still there he's yeah. still kicking Crosby. around uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. you know, he's still good yeah. best player in the NHL still according to Mike Gould yeah. um, <laughs> and Brad Marchand <laughs> and Braden Point you know these teams don't compare to the states who are rocking you know Johnny Goudreau ripping yeah. on the fourth line on these mock-up yeah. teams obviously yeah. that would never you know he doesn't have it out to be a fourth liner no he doesn't but not. I, I just had to throw you that lob but I do agree. In Columbus last year, <laughs> Holy cow. I do agree that um, these, even the international teams like Kucherov, Drysaitel, Elias Pedersen. I mean, yeah. there's a bunch of top end players yeah. who are not even who would you know be on the first line for Canada too, which yeah. is a little bit unusual. I'm used to yeah. Canada having those top three lines being yeah. better than everybody else by far. You know, yeah. so I do feel that there's a bit of a fall off. I don't know how they get back from that because it seems like there's going to be more. NHL best yeah. on best international yeah. competitions. Not the first time I've said that and it hasn't yeah. happened, but it does seem like it's going to happen. No, and, and I agree. I mean, I feel like, you know, the earliest it could be, I believe, is 26 at the Olympics. Um, I'd feel confident at the 26 Olympics, mm-hmm. but 30, like, I would be a little bit more concerned. I think, honestly, what it comes down to is 
the whole Hockey Canada player development program where I just think you got to get the old heads out and start to focus on maybe a little bit more skill. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you're always going to, like, you're Canadian, right? You're always going to play the game the right way. It's what we do. We Let's play the go. game hard. We play the game properly. We play it physical. Stick right? on the ice. Stick on the ice. We go into the Head corners, up. right? We're not diving out there like Elias Pedersen, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, you need to be able to, you know, go bar Mexico every once in a while. And, Michigan. You know, yeah, do a little exactly, Z. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So... <laughs> Um, I mean, Trevor Zegers is the most overrated player in the NHL. But um, Dating Z. Dixie, DeMille. Yeah. 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 Z and X. Yeah. Z and X, wow. Yeah. That's sick, Good dude. pull. Good, Good pull. pull. Thank you. I Thank just you. found a name for the show, dude. Yeah. Z and X. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with you. And, I mean, you say get the old heads out, obviously, you know, for more more than one reason. Those guys yeah. need to be cleared out. So, yeah. and, and Canada, it's goalie situation. It I is. Mean, it's not good. USA's it's got seven better goalies yeah. than Canada. Maybe uh, I never should have hung up the pads. <laughs> Maybe I should have kept them on. Were you in the net? No I was. Wow. I was in the net for, like, nine years. When was the last time you put on the pads? Uh, grade 10. Mm. Yeah, it's a long time ago, but... Uh, well, I yeah. th- I think you could still do a better job than some of those guys that they've well, got on the mock teams. Here's my thought: is when you say yeah. that there's more skilled Americans, yeah. do you think a part of that is just that the game maybe is getting more popular down south, and as a result of that, there's more, you know, there's just more Americans that yeah are I playing mean, the game. That's you know that's definitely a good you know it's a good like a possible thought process, but I think it just comes down to you know the Americans National Development Program. I was gonna say that like breeds that, superstars. That, yeah, it's breeded superstars. I mean, if you look at, you know, every American player in the NHL, it's a superstar, right? Instantly, you think Austin Matthews, yeah. Jack Hughes, Jack Eichel. Like, it, the list just goes on and on that that program has developed NHL players. First-round draft picks just mm-hmm. every single year. There's, like, probably four or five players from that development program that are first-round draft picks every single year. And, yeah. I mean, that State's team this year was loaded. I mean... That's what I heard. Yeah, I, I'm was. not a big tournament fan, but I heard that yeah, they're... You should get into it. It's a great... It's like a yeah, it's I, like a religion in my house. I know a lot of families are like holidays. that, man. They just yeah. love it. I just never never yeah. really gripped me. But, yeah. yeah, I heard the State's team was absolutely... And, was. and I, with respect to Canada, I mean, they were missing... A couple like good players. Six or seven players that were eligible that would have totally changed the dynamic of the tournament. Bedard, Fantilli, um, list goes on and on. But, I mean, Americans had their best team. They had their A-plus team. Canada probably had their B-minus team. No excuses to be made. Canada needs to be better. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it. I think, there's, I think there's a little bit more of a fundamental issue with, with, with Hockey Canada. Mm-hmm. So yep. That's my thought process there. I like that. And we could do a quick NFL... Because the playoffs are coming up, obviously, you're a big Broncos fan. They won't be in the playoffs. They won't, unfortunately. And I was reading something this morning. This is going to come out middle of next week, so it will be you know, somewhat topical. But I was reading that it, it's likely that the GM, George Patton, who was, who was paid a lot of money to come be the Broncos GM, of, what was that, three or four years ago now, um, is likely to be probably let go because Sean Payton seems to have overriding power yeah. over even the GM. He's yeah. like the second guy behind the owner. I can't think of a... And you know, the Broncos were a good story for a while there. Yeah. They were they won five or six games in a row, whatever that was, six or seven. They seem to be turning things around. They seem to be going the right direction. They've shifted immediately back in the last month to just being completely dysfunctional, which is what they were at this time last year. That must yeah. be disheartening for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. No, I mean, it's it's been some painful seasons since that Super Bowl. I mean, like the, car- or the QB carousel that they've had, you know, the list goes on and on with... 
know, your Paxton Lynch, your Trevor Simeon, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, Flacco. Like, should I mean, have the, kept Flacco at this. Should have, yeah. I mean, he looks great. Just mm-hmm. wrong, wrong scheme, I guess. Um, but <laughs> I mean, scheme. yeah. I mean, it's you know, I, I think you know a lot of people this see like I think how Russell Wilson was treated, you know, last year in this off season was like similar to the Russell Westbrook um, ridicule, like just Let's in terms go. of you know older players that. You know, have named done, Russell W. Yeah, exactly, right? That have done a lot in their respective leagues. I mean, Russell Westbrook's one of the greatest point guards of all time. I think, you know, yeah. he's, he's slowed down a little bit. I know you're a big basketball guy. No, he is. But uh, he is. I think you could confidently say that. And same thing with Russell Wilson, right? Like, I mean, he's, you know, you, you wouldn't put him on, you know, the Tom Brady, Payne Manning mm-hmm. level, but, you know, probably tier maybe two to three. You know, he's maybe a fringe tier two, maybe, you know. With yeah, another, maybe four, I yeah, think. sure, yeah. okay. I mean, besides the point but yeah I mean I think you know I think Sean Payton helped that offense this year I agree um, I think he's a good know, coach but I think a, his, coach, his voice might be a little too much I agree and you know it's it, it's been a tale for two tale of two seasons I mean weeks one to six it was you know what the hell's the defense doing and then you know week six to present defense has been good offense you know got better and then you know they kind of just you know, they're, they blew their tire, right? I mean, there's only so many games in the NFL that you can win in a row without, mm-hmm. you know, the best players at each position, for example. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the way how Russell Wilson's been treated this year um, by the organization is disgraceful. I agree. Um, I think that, you know, that whole, um, you know, you either need to change the terms of your contract or you're going to be benched. Yeah, that's garbage. Whoever decided to do that, to me, should be locked up and put away because that is, like, <laughs> disgraceful. I agree. Um, and it's not even like, you know, it's not even like you're talking about Zach Wilson or... Yeah, you're talking, or, about, a, you're talking about, like, a good quarterback. Yeah, like, he's probably the... Like, f- he was having a decent season. 15? Like, yeah, yeah. 18, I mean, mid-range. I got yeah, more yeah. stats here, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like... This is all according to Pro Football Reference now. Okay, so this uh, is like this money. Is the big boys. This is like moneypuck.com, but right. like on crack. Money ball. Yeah, Cause it's, exactly. Because yep. it's NFL, right? So like, mm-hmm. like, but the boys in the states take their NFL shit pretty seriously. They do. They do. Oh, yeah. so, they walk in. So yeah. Russell Wilson's passer rating is ninety-eight flat, which ranks seventh in the National Football League. Name me a couple. Star quarterbacks in the okay. NFL, and I'll tell you if they're higher or lower than Russell. Wilson. Get in there, oh, get in there. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff. Jared Goff is lower. Okay. 96.4. Justin Herbert has got to be higher. He must be for he the way that people talk higher. about him. It's lower. 93.2. Okay. Well, Mahomes. He's got to higher. Mahomes is lower. 92.6. Oh, well, wow. Bur- Bur- I mean, Burrow's going to be higher. Burrow's 91 flat. <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. I think you've been bossed up. Now, I see. I, who is I, higher? Who's number one? Uh, out of curiosity. Brock Purdy's number one. Right, right. right. So, and sense. even another one here, Trevor Lawrence, eighty nine point one. Well, he's all time fraud. I don't <laughs> like Trevor Lawrence, but Jalen Hurts, ninety one flat. I mean, like it's you know Russell Wilson in terms of passing efficiency has been more efficient than all these quarterbacks, right? And I mean, 
He's being asked to do less, to be fair. He, That's he, fair. It's, it's yeah, laid absolutely. out for him, and absolutely. those guys have to make more happen. But yeah. he wasn't having a bad season by any means. And that's, I agree with you. The way yeah. that he got outed was was disgraceful. And, and you know, his stock was so low last year. People were just clowning on him nonstop. We were clowning on him before the show for the, you yeah. know, going out kneeling at midfield, doing <laughs> the arms in the air, the, the re- let's ride at the yeah. podium when they're 0-4. Um, <laughs> there's, I mean, countless things you can make fun of the guy for. But... The way that he came across in that interview was actually pretty good. Yep. Where he, where they were like, uh, when after he got benched and they went to talk to him and he laid out everything that had happened to him. I mean, it would be crazy for most people to watch that and feel that he was in the wrong for any of that. He got yep. treated very poorly, oh, and I know he's going to get let go and everything. And he's, I, yeah. I mean, he's going to be very motivated on his yeah. new team, hundred yeah, percent. I mean, hey, it's, there's worse things to do. Get know 80 million dollars after you get cut over the next two years and get to go play more football and go home to your wife who's ciara mm-hmm. i mean worst 12 things bathrooms to, yeah, yeah. yeah worst things to do absolutely yeah but yeah i mean i got more stats here like i mean like i won it's touchdown percentage so mm-hmm. like number of throws that are touchdowns um this doesn't include balls that are thrown away um so russell wilson is tied for second place at 5.8 percent mahomes is four and a half allen mm-hmm. is five Hertz, Stroud, and Herbert are all 4.4. Burrow's 4.1. Trevor Lawrence is 3.6. So um, Brock Purdy clears everybody. I think he's like 7.6, which is ridiculous. But um, again, just another example of how you know he's had a good season this year, I think. I think he's done what the Broncos have asked him to do. He probably earned another well. turn at quarterback. Yeah, to be I agree. Absolutely. And also, I mean, it's like Russell Westbrook, even as he got older, the athleticism was always there. I think... The strongest thing about Russell Wilson's game has always been his deep ball. And even yeah. as he's faded, he still throws a great yeah. deep ball. Yeah. Like that throw, those throws to, to Cortland Sutton every game or two games, are, it's just beautiful to watch the... Yeah, it seemed like every it. week, to be honest. Yeah. And I I know his his athleticism, Russell Wilson's, was the first thing you could see when. Oh, he's yeah. just not the same guy. I mean, you saw him even in the last game that he played. I think he's just sp- spun out of a clean pocket into a sack. Like he, yeah. he still thinks he can get away with some stuff that he got away with when he was younger. And yeah, I mean, elusive. Yeah, after yeah, you've exactly. taken the, this many hits, you just can't yeah. do that anymore. So he's obviously not the same quarterback. But, I mean, if his contract was different, I guess. I mean, I can somewhat see where the Broncos are coming from too. It's like, we don't want to keep him for the next five years or however long the contract is. If we're going to bite the bullet, it has to be right now. Yeah. So we're, we're going to be ruthless about this. But at the same yeah. time, his play didn't warrant, you know, letting go. Whereas somebody like Derek Carr, who got treated in his mind ruthlessly by the Raiders, yeah. he deserved to, you know, they he, he has only himself to blame. Russell Wilson did everything they could have asked yeah. him to do. 100%. No, I agree. Like it's, I mean, it's not even the same situation because you're talking about, you know, one player that, if you want to call it a good season with Russell Wilson, I mean, I'd call it, like, he met expectations mm-hmm. versus yeah. another player in Derek Carr where, I mean, significantly did not meet expectations. And you have, you know, arguably at that time, a top five wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Probably still there. Honestly, Wasn't even thrown to him. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know where they go now, like, what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, Sean Payne better be right. Whatever yeah. he does next, it's got to yeah. work. Or, or like, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's no clear path now, right? Because... I mean, in all honesty, I mean, that's the thing, too, is quarterbacks in the NFL draft, like, it's it's one of those things, too, where it's like there's no... Oh, no exact science. There's yeah. no exact science to it. I mean, if you look at it, like, every single... It seems like, you know, it's one in every three or four years where the first quarterback that's taken actually turns out to be the best quarterback in the draft. Yeah, like, it's very rare. So It is. So they're not they're going to be picking towards the middle of the first round, given yeah. that hot stretch, which is, I think, probably unfortunate in hindsight. Do you maybe... 
would you maybe prefer if they kick the tires on, say, a Justin Fields or maybe, you know, hit up Kirk Cousins? Or what, what do you think they should do at quarterback? They're um, going to take such a hit on the Wilson thing is the other thing to factor. Yeah, They're yeah. not going to be able to pay a premium price. They're yeah, going to be right. holding out a huge amount of dead cap. I think, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a, personally speaking, I'm not a huge Justin Fields uh, fan. Mm. Like, I just, I find that, in my opinion, I think he's been significantly inconsistent mm-hmm. over his career, which is something that, you know, you don't really want. I mean, it seems like he always plays the first half of the season in La La Land and then seems to pick it up in the second half. At least that's, that's pretty consistent that's, with what he's been doing. Yeah. yeah so, um, you know, I, I don't really, I don't know, Clarky, I don't know what the answer is. I, I would right. say that I don't know that I don't think my knowledge of the NH of the NFL draft is deep enough to really make yeah well, well it seems to be a deep, on it a but, decently deep draft yeah. like you could probably get I don't know like maybe a Jaden Daniels at yeah fifteen or sixteen or wherever yeah. they're picking yeah. I like, think Penix is probably more realistic yeah. but I, I think it's kind of hard to know because it, it's just impossible to predict how they're going to decide to spend the it money is. they're they're yeah. holding the bag on so much that they're going to have to I mean it wouldn't surprise me if they just keep Stidham or something and yeah. they're just like we'll just try this draft a quarterback in just the third round Paxton Lynch situation yeah exactly he kind of looks like him too with the hair so I, I it's going to be a strange thing I think weirdly enough I think Peyton's a good enough coach he can get you to seven eight wins with a pretty bad roster yeah. but at the same time it's you know, it seems like a pretty uh, hostile situation. So it doesn't yeah. seem like the greatest spot to be in. Speaking of the roster, I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not locked into the Broncos, so I guess I'll ask you here. What, uh, why, what do you make of their defense? Like, it seemed really strange to me how poorly they were in the first five, six weeks yeah. compared to how they played to close out the season, especially considering, I mean, I think Sertan, I think probably all of us can agree Sertan is one of the better like he's a b- yeah. better defensive backs in the NFL yeah, and absolutely. it seems like they have some pieces. So w- what is, what is your take sort of on the defense? You know, defensive coordinators talk about all the time is, you know, everybody needs to run to the ball. And like, I mean, that's the only like, cause it's not like they were getting, they weren't necessarily getting torched through the air. It was more on the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what, you know, that's what led to Phil fleecing me in fantasy football, trading me. Yeah. Austin you were looking at that green yeah, matchup. I was looking at the green matchup against Denver <laughs> twice in the last four weeks. And I mean, like, they weren't running to the ball, right? Too many gaps in the middle. Mm-hmm. Linebackers weren't running to the ball. And, I mean, chances are most DBs aren't going to be able to tackle HN or yeah. Mostert in the open field. Right? <laughs> yeah, that was I a mean, tough game. So, yeah. I to me, it, it was just that. And then, you know, they obviously that one week, you know, they played Kansas City in Kansas City. I mean, that's one of those games where it's kind of easy to, uh, to get the blood flowing for that game. Just mm-hmm. huge rivalry. Um, and I think that kind of helped get the defense going a little bit, and then it kind of just turned around the rest of the season. Yeah, and do they have any pass rushers? At this point, no. Okay. I mean, they have uh, Browning, who's, I think not he's... Jake. Not Jake Browning. Okay. No, <laughs> it's no. like Barrett Browning. Yeah, Baron Browning. Okay. Um, I think, I forget, because, I, I mean, the Denver Broncos always post these random stats before... Yeah. games and you know i love my stats yeah the propaganda yeah, stats. Yeah. yeah and he's like he's like i mean Stuart skinner's far from propaganda but uh i think he's i forget what it was i think he's like for whatever reason i want to say he's like has the most sacks ever for a seventh round draft pick oh okay i mean browning's a good i mean not good but he's you know kind of the middle tier in terms of the nfl pass rusher but yeah i mean you know everybody loves to spend money and i'd love to see them go get it you know, a good pass rusher, but yeah, you know, with a bunch of dead cap might be a little tough. But uh, yeah, they used to draft him yeah. better than they do they now. Did. Well, they drafted. Yeah. I mean, Bradley Chubb was having a great year for yeah. 
for Miami. Miami. Yeah, before he got hurt. Well, Vaughn, Lee, obviously. Yeah. Vaughn was kind Keeping of Keeping your camp, starters right? in when you're losing by 40 points. Real yeah. smart. Yeah. yeah, that is. Now, Super Bowl pick. Yeah. When the time people are hearing this, the playoffs will be set. So, yeah. you know, we don't know that right now. Obviously, somebody could sneak in. But yeah. right now, what are you predicting? I had a tough time with this one. I got, uh, you know, when we discussed having this show on this date, you know, I wanted to come prepared with some stats. And I was saying to Phil... I don't know if I was going to have time to prepare any stats, so I got home from my beer league ice hockey game last night at the Northeast Sportsplex at <laughs> approximately 12.45 in the morning and sat down at my desk, pulled up the dual monitors and started doing some research specifically on some Russell Wilson stats and as well as how bad the Edmonton Oilers defense and goaltending have been. Well, um, you're a dedicated guy. You're a grinding stats absolutely, man. Absolutely. I love my stats. So, um, I mean, I think, you know, I'm just looking here at our tier rankings in front of me with the helmets. Mm-hmm. Um my safe bet would be the Niners. Like, I think, you know, the Ravens are, obviously, they went into San Fran and, you know, took it to them a little bit. But, um, you know, I think in terms of playoff success, I, f- I feel like Lamar Jackson has some question marks he needs to answer. So that makes me a little hesitant with Baltimore. So I think, like, in terms of a favorite, if I was, you know, to put the house on it, put the mortgage on it, everything I have, it'd probably be the Niners. My, like, fun, frisky sleeper. prediction, yeah, my sleeper, sure, is Cleveland. Um, it's a sexy, I've, sexy sleeper. These it days. is yes. a sexy. I know. I, I know the most it is bet team to win yeah, the Super Bowl right which, now. Wow. And I mean, I've been high on Cleveland like all year for mm-hmm. a long time. Um, I think they. I mean, they have the best defense in the league in terms of just pure like yards against. Yeah, which is a huge thing. I mean, like their offense has put them in some bad positions, starting on you know their own thirty, and then obviously you're going to give up some points if the mm-hmm. team gets to you know start off with a. Th- they're in the field position to get a 30-yard field goal. But they have, the, like, the least yards against, which to me is a big stat in the NFL. Um, so if I were to have, like, a sleeper pick, it would be Cleveland. It'd be yeah. Cleveland. I've been high on Cleveland, too, for, for a while. So it's not like I'm just, like, on the Joe Flacco high either. Like, I like Cleveland. And Flacco's a game manager, man. I mean, he's smart. I don't even think you're giving him enough credit because he slings it yeah. like other quarterbacks do. No, he does. No, for sure. He's got a good arm. But, I mean, he's just he's just like that... You know, and like the whole game manager term now has been kind of ruined by Cam Newton because he's yeah. gone out in the media and kind of made a joke of it. But yeah. I mean, game managers, I mean, he throws they, a couple interceptions. They can win Super Bowls, and, and Super their Bowls. defense is so good. Flacco, yeah. I mean, Flacco's one of those guys. I've been watching him for so long. You yeah. know, he can't help himself on some of these passes. Like, yeah. he's got that mentality. I love it though. Sometimes yeah. he'll just he'll throw two bad picks a game or whatever yeah. in a game. And, that just happens. And the Browns defense is so good. They've yeah. like baked that into account for it. It's yeah. like, go ahead and do that. Our defense can try to bail you out. Not yeah. more often than not. They yeah. can. That would be one of the most incredible stories too. That would yeah, be up would there. Be, I mean, he'd be an instant hall of famer. He, yeah. he, he, would, yeah. he would have to be. And that would be up there with, um, with the Nick Foles run to me. Yeah. Just his oh. all time. Yeah. All I think time it would eclipse cool that. Yeah. I think it would. I think it probably would. My, it would. my only yeah. concern with Cleveland is their home and away records are eight and one at home. Three and four on the road. They're going to be and on the road. The too, chances yeah. are is that unless something crazy goes down with the six and seven seeds, they're going to be playing any game in the playoffs other than the Super Bowl on the road. Yeah, um, that's which, a concern. Which is a concern for me for sure a little bit. Um, I also think that too, like this might be a hot hot take, but I do think that Miles Garrett is the best defensive player in the NFL. Um, he's going to win defense. He's, he's yeah. going to win defense player of the year this year, but. You know, some people still, you know, say Parsons or, you know, Bosa or Watt even. But I, I feel like anytime you have a guy like that who can just take over a game, that's, you know, an asset that a lot of teams 
maybe the AFC don't really have on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to be making the playoffs this year. So mm-hmm. um, that also, you know, gives me some hope with Cleveland. But I, I think it's going to be great playoffs. I, I do know. too. I, I hope Buffalo squeaks in because I think Buffalo could do some damage. That's going to be my pick, more likely yeah. than not. If yeah. they make it, that's going to be my pick because I think Baltimore, I think, you know, there is a chance. And uh, Baltimore has been the best team in the AFC all year, but there is a chance you'd have to say that the same playoff problems that have plagued them in the past could come up again. I don't yeah. know that it's likely, but it's yeah. certainly on the table. Yeah. And, and I mean, the like a Cleveland. Um, Baltimore AFC Championship game would be just absolute cinema. Too. It would, yeah, it, it would. would. Like all bets are off at that point. You have Joe, Joe Flacco going back to uh, to his old team just to to play his his replacement would just be. I mean, you couldn't write it better than that. Yeah. So, and I think all the you know sort of pseudo top teams that everybody thinks of, you can make a case for. Exception yeah. of the Eagles, I don't think you can make a case for the Eagles. No. But the Chiefs, who we've been ragging on all year, and I don't really see it. You you have to say, I mean, you just can't cross them off until can't. they're until, my sexy sleeper. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking too as well. I think the AFC is open for the taking, to be honest with. You're a big Kelsey guy, though. Yeah. Mm, no, I'm. I, I mean, I had him in fantasy. I don't really. I don't really care for him for the most part. Do you think this yeah. is my last question for you, Rig? Yeah. Uh, you're a fantasy football player. I've seen a lot of stuff this week. Bust of the year, because everybody agrees MVP is McCaffrey. He outscored everybody by far. Bust of the year. I might be throwing you a lob on this yeah. one. Who do you think was the bust? I of mean, the year? it's just it's so. You know, I think it's just such a personal issue for me specifically. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. you know, it's it's painful. Um, you know, I, I think I'm cursed in, in this particular league that I acquired him in. Well, I, um, I've finished last twice in two years, so I might be <laughs> cursed too. Yeah, maybe we're just jointly cursed. So we should stop trading with each other. Um, but it, to me, it's Austin Eckler. I mean, like to me, just where he was drafted and where he finished. I mean, there's no um, bigger difference for a player that wasn't injured. So. I mean, people talk about Kelsey. People talk about Ridley. Nick Chubb, Aaron Rodgers. Jamal Williamson. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tony threw out Jamal Williamson, who's not a person. I don't know who that is. Jamal Williams (laughs) exists. Jameson Williams exists. Tony thinks Jamal Williamson is the biggest fantasy bust. I don't know who that is. And they had a lot of expectations. Yeah. Yeah. I was so confused. I had to tell Zion? Maybe? No. (laughs) Jamal Williamson. Yeah, Yeah, to me, I mean, it's it's Eckler, like 100%. So... Um, yeah, we Phil and I made a, a trade in mid late November that I acquired Austin Eckler. Um, yeah, and it. Yeah, I mean, it just. I think I went one and seven after that. So. Um, <laughs> well, I was just praying when I made that trade with you that you hadn't seen the video of him against the Packers. Well, like, I, <laughs> I had, I had, but uh, like I, I, it was his ankle, and it was just a bad angle, and it's just. <laughs> He seems like a sweet guy, though. He does. He He seems like a nice guy. I feel bad, but I just I hate him. I mean, it's great when he goes on to his podcast and he talks about how this week's another opportunity and another opportunity to fumble the ball and get you know (laughs) twenty two rushing yards. My personal favorite game was the eight carry, fourteen yards, longest rush, like two yards game. That one was sick. But is that uh, when I had him or you had him? I think you had him at that point. But the the he I I kind of respect him in a weird way because he was going on his podcast and he was like, I drafted myself too. Like I got to get out there and prove it to you guys. I was like, I kind of like this guy. Like at least he's going down with us, dude. It's not his fault. He's trying. But yeah, he won't be on my team next year. Safe to say. I don't think he'll be on on any team. Yeah, you might not be on any team. That's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, always a pleasure. 
Thank you for coming on with Pleasure us. Was yeah, this was entirely awesome. mine. I mean, it's not it's not any day that you get to come on with the best podcast in 2023 yeah. voted by the nation. So, wow. um, yeah. January 6th special. January yeah. 6th special. People yeah. forget yeah. that. Happy New Year's, everybody. I know you're at home. You know, you're drinking your cup of coffee, watching CJ Stroud in the playoffs. Um, at the Loud House. At the Loud House, yeah. <laughs> Pat McAfee show wed. Um, but, yeah, I know. Again, boys, Clarky, Philly. It's always a pleasure. I love coming oh. on and you know, talking sports, shooting the shit a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see what happens to the oil in the yeah. playoffs this year. Yeah. If they get in, of course. I mean, they're currently outside looking in. but uh, And the Flames, maybe. And the Flamers, uh, maybe. I hope not. I hope they get <laughs> a lottery pick, but uh, we'll see what happens. Well, January 16th, we're playing. Oilers, yeah. Flames, I would like to. In uh, Calgary? Yeah, I would like to appear on the on the wagon show post game. We can see what we can do. We can okay. see what we can okay. do. I just so, wanted to float that idea yeah, out there for is the that, people. Is that Saturday? I no. think it is, it is a Saturday. I don't know. I don't even know what that is. No, it's a Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, great. Why? Why is it on Tuesday? Yeah, I, I don't know. know. <laughs> NHL schedule makers fucked up once again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they've been on one this year. But yeah, anyway, always a pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure's entirely mine.